on time Don't need a Rolex on my wrist To know I got your little hand in mine And we can throw out all our issues Watch the minutes cruise Boys, welcome back. Episode 81 of the Booth Review Podcast. Very special episode today. Later on in the episode, we will be welcoming on a very special guest from Bucket Golf. Fun little game that we found on social media. The creator of the game is joining the show to talk about how he created the game, what it's all about, how you guys can get involved. Really, really cool interview. That's going to be coming up in you know a short few minutes after we complete this intro. But uh, but we're here. That interview was about almost a week ago now, and uh, and we've just neglected to record the rest of the podcast until now. So we decided to do it from outside. So Seth and I are both outdoors right now. Seth, how is your outdoor experience going where you are? It's all right. Our table out here is a little bit dirty. We also like we don't come out here all that often. It's literally just like a little hut that my dad builds every summer. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just full of spider webs in the corners and everything because, you know, we only use it during the summer and we've literally eaten it once so far this summer. So, but I mean, it's nice out. I got a good amount of shade. So we're chilling. How is how's your setup going? I'm sure you're out by your pool right now. I, I am. Yeah. I mean, it's a little I don't know why I chose to do this, but I was just driving around this morning. I got up wicked early. There's this the the, the house across the street was sold and they're like redoing it, whatever. So the guy who's like doing the construction, the architect or whatever, he shows up every morning at 6 a.m. with this little shit kick dog who makes the weirdest noise I've ever heard a dog make. It sounds like the Tasmanian devil from Looney Tunes and it wakes the entire neighborhood up. So I've been consistently getting up at 6am every morning. So I've, I've completed a lot already this morning. So I was driving around. I was like, it's a beautiful day out. And I was inspired. I saw this old guy, uh, on his outdoor deck with a cup of coffee on a zoom call. And I don't know why that inspired me, but I was like, I've never, I was like, besides Florida, when I had to do a podcast out on like my hotel room terrace, I don't think I've ever done an outdoor podcast before. And it's a nice day out. I, I have the resources to do it. So I was like, why not? So I threw on the Hawaiian shirt, killing the look and I'm living life right now. This is, this is great. It's a, it's a quaint August day in new England. So can't complain, but, uh, but yeah, um, we're going to do an actual episode after the interview. But uh, but I think that we can just let you guys listen to the interview now. little background on it. Um, scrolling through TikTok, saw this game that was golf, but it was like, it, it, it's a mix in my mind of like golf and like cornhole. And I don't really know what else, but it's like your quintessential like backyard golf game. Kind I would of, say which, it's a mixture of golf, cornhole and beer pong without water. Or, you know, yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, and I saw the game, and before this game had been invented, at least to the best of my knowledge, there really aren't any like golf games other than golf itself. And like I said this in the interview, um, was a, like you see that golf when you go to like a driving range. Driving ranges have become like a big source of like entertainment now, whereas like. You know, you have people who go to the driving range to actually work on their game, and then you have people who go to the driving range who have, like, never picked up a golf club before and are just, like, trying to smack it and see how far it goes. So, like, you have both ends of the spectrum there, but you see how infectious golf can get just at a driving range for people who have never played 
um, or for people who play every day. It's a really infectious game once you get into it. And golf gets like a lot of hate in, uh, I don't know why, but it just, it's, it's not that popular. Um, it's a very popular, like old man's game, but I feel like in terms of just like the younger generation, unless you play it, you don't necessarily appreciate golf as much. I would say that's probably like the majority of non, you know, golf fans are probably like, I don't know. I don't know how to put it, but it just seems like golf doesn't get that much attention. Uh, in the younger generation. And this seems like a good way to kind of, you know, bring attention to it and get more people involved in the game. You don't have to be good to play this, this bucket golf. I've seen their videos. I've seen some really good golfers on in the videos and I've seen some really shit golfers. So you have all ends of the spectrum. It's, it seems like a wicked fun game. Uh, you just basically set up and you'll hear him talk about, you know, the game itself too, but you hear him, he talks about, you know, you just have like these, these like, foldable like laundry basket buckets almost that like fold inwards they're like like a slinky almost remember those things those are what they were called yeah. right yeah, yeah. Little, like, yeah. Viral things. when i looked at their tiktok after you told me that you did the interview i was looking for like i saw them and i was like you remember those things that you used to like crawl through when you were a kid yes. like a long yes. tube it's basically like one of those except it's like smaller obviously because it's supposed yeah. to be a kid so that's the first thing i thought of was those yeah so it's like those like buckets and you can and it's like they're like par whatever i think they're par threes um and you just set it up like a nine or 18 or he said six or nine i think or the six hole or nine hole course um and you just set them up in like different areas of like your backyard basically and you chip um, and if you like get it in the bucket, it's like this scoring system. You can all, you can all go and read about it and look it up. And obviously the game comes with like directions or everything, but it was really cool to have them on the show. Um, it was really cool to learn more about the game. Um, I've wanted for a long time to do more of these interviews with kind of like people who are starting up companies or starting up like games or ideas like this. Cause I feel like for him, he said it was their, their first podcast interview. I feel like it's a great place to start for just like a company like that. Like we're not like a huge operation here, but like you get the chance to like talk about your company, reach like somewhat of an audience. So I would definitely be interested in doing more of these in the future. But, uh, but it was a really good interview. Um, and I'd encourage all of you after listening to the interview to, to go and get the game itself and like play it. And, you know, maybe we can have a little TBR bucket golf league or, or something like that. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll quit talking about it now and you can just listen to the interview. So let's jump right into that. All right, everybody. Uh, very excited for this interview today. Uh, one that I've been, you know, trying to schedule for a long time, highly anticipating being on, being a part of for a long time. We're going to welcome on Tyler Simmons. You are the creator of bucket golf am i right in saying that you are the creator of the game yes that is that's correct awesome so we have the creator of bucket golf for our listeners who probably a decent amount of you who haven't heard of it yet you may have seen their videos on tiktok instagram whatever it may be but for those of you who haven't heard of it totally awesome game obviously you're the creator of it so i'll have you you know explain the gist of it but you know some background on how we found out about you i was scrolling through tiktok one day 
and I see these people in, you know, their backyards playing golf with a wiffle ball, trying to get it, you know, into this or close to this bucket. And I was like, this seems like an awesome game. Uh, and I did some, you know, went down the rabbit hole of doing some research on, on the account and on the company. And just, I got hooked, like watched every video, thought it was awesome. Like ordered bucket golf for TBR to play. Um, little sneak preview, by the way, I think we are going to be doing a bucket golf round and filming it, but you know, that's a story for another time. But, uh, (laughs) I just, I got totally hooked on it, sent it to everyone who works here. And I was like, guys, like we need to have them on the show. This is awesome. So thankfully we are here tonight. We finally have got you on. So welcome. We're, you know, blessed to have you on the show to talk about this game that we're also obsessed with now, but, uh, why don't you just introduce yourself and, you know, talk a little bit about the game itself. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, so I am, yeah, the, I guess, half creator of the game. So the way the game started was we're up at my, uh, my family's like summer Tahoe house. We go like over the summers, hang out, always play every backyard lawn game we can find pretty much as I'm sure almost everybody does over the summer. Um, and we're playing this golf game that my dad got for my sister-in-law. And we're playing like all weekend long, my whole family. Um, it was awesome. And at the end, I was just like, all right, where do I get this game? Like, I want to, I want to get one so I can go play it. Like, this is the best thing ever. I'm obsessed yeah. with golf, like play all the time. Uh, and then they're like, oh, it's actually not a real game. I was like, what do you mean it's not a real game? Like, I don't understand. Is that a joke? <laughs> and, uh, she's, uh, she's like, oh no, like my mom, like kind of just like makes the sets from various stores. We go to like gardening stores, like sports stores, whatever bike shops, like goes around and gets these like garden buckets, bike flags, like wiffle balls, all this stuff and puts a set together and just gives it out to like family members. Um, so at that point I was kind of just like, no way. Like, can I, can I sell the game? Do you care? And they're like, sure, go ahead. Pretty much. (laughs) At a, at that point, um, so I was like, this is like literally the best game ever. Like yeah. I had so much fun. Everybody that doesn't even like golf had a great time playing it like the whole weekend and stuff. Um, so I knew pretty much absolutely nothing about like manufacturing, making a game, like nothing. Just this is like straight out of college pretty much. Um, so I like go online, try to figure out how to source the game, how to like order a lot of them and stuff like that. Uh, and like, can't really get the price down. The price is like super high. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I couldn't even get them. I think it was literally costing me more than the game sells for now to make the like buckets when I first started trying to yeah. do it. <laughs> and like the buckets are like huge. Like the box was like massive. So it's not the same pop-up ones you see now. If you saw like it on, when you saw it on TikTok. It's, uh, they're like, I don't know if you've ever seen like a garden bucket before. Yeah. Um, it's like a five gallon, like soft plastic type bucket. Yeah. I was actually going to ask, I have in my notes, I was like, I saw in your old videos, it's a completely different bucket. I was like, how did the, how the bucket, (laughs) you know, the evolution of the bucket, how did that change over time? (laughs) Uh, yes, exactly. Pretty much. So tried to like make them with those. And yeah, it was just like so big. The game costed so much. It was like a fortune to ship it anywhere. Just like wasn't working. I tried to, so I ordered a bunch of them. I just like couldn't even, like I couldn't even give them away for free pretty much. Like right. no one would buy them just cause like it just didn't work. Um, spent like so much time trying to figure it out over like, uh, I don't know. It's probably like six months to a year trying to figure it out. It just like wasn't working. 
um, at all. So I was kind of ready to just like pack it in, whatever. Uh, and, uh, just like side note, I started making lacrosse training equipment. I played division one lacrosse in college. So I had this idea for like a lacrosse, uh, like goalie dummy and started making those and kind of figured out how to sell stuff and like started gaining traction with those, made a bunch of versions of them. They started working good. Um, and then back to the, the golf thing, I was, uh, I think I was in my, either my roommate's room or somewhere at my mom's house. I saw a pop up laundry basket, which yeah. like every single kid probably has in college and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, I was like, just like, oh my God, I'm a moron. <laughs> a pop bucket and like that solves everything for us. Like it's one hundredth of the price. It flads down. So it's just like it goes in a teeny box now. You can bring it anywhere you want. Um, and that kind of like fixed the, fixed the issue that I was having with the game. Um, so like get a bucket, just test it out, hit it with the balls and stuff, make sure it's not going to like break and like fall over and whatnot. It worked. Um, so then at that point, that's how we like switched. And I was like, all right, now I think it's like, it's good to go. So place like an order, uh, a smaller order, just cause I'm not sure, you know, like just cause you like something and think it's awesome doesn't mean everybody else is, even though like, I was hoping everybody was going to like it just because right. <laughs> I feel like it's, it's pretty awesome game. Uh, but, uh, yeah. so did like a small order, got him here, started, this was like during COVID. So it was just like already madness with like shipping manufacturing. Mm. I don't know if you like pay attention to any of that, uh, right. or not, not COVID, obviously pay attention to that. Right. Like, the uh, shipping. <laughs> shipping manufacturing, like madness that's going on, uh, where stuff can just like sit on a boat for a month outside your port waiting to land. Uh, so it took like, I don't even know, like six months from when we ordered them to actually get here. Like it usually takes two months to get something. It's just like crazy. Um, but anyways, got them here, figured out the whole game, just kind of like slapped it all together. Like I did the logo and stuff myself. I don't really know how to do it. Just kind of like just threw it together real quick just to see if people would be interested. Um, like, like the box is like cardboard. It wasn't like a fancy box, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Put up some Facebook ads, some like Instagram, TikTok and it, Started getting traction, started getting good feedback. Um, that was about probably like six months ago. And then, um, so we like placed a big order, worked with our designer, like, you know, made the, the game look cool, changed our logo, changed everything about it. So like it looked better. Um, uh, mm-hmm. even one that you saw, the one that you like saw on TikTok, that's just our, uh, our like first one that we made. It looks similar yeah. now, but like we upgraded a lot of the stuff just so it, uh, it looks a lot cooler um, now that we like kind of knew the games like it's pretty cool and it's popular. Um, And then at that point, yeah, that's when like the TikTok and Instagram that you saw started blowing up. And uh, ever since that has happened, it's kind of just been like trending upwards with like a lot of orders, just like DMS from a ton of like bigger accounts of people like, Oh, the game is awesome. Like would love to try it out and like promote it and blah, blah, blah. Um, But uh that's like kind of the, the short version of what uh yeah. what got us here where we are. That that is an awesome story, and like to hear it, it's cool to hear it for me because you, you know you see this and obviously like we we know a thing or two about like you know building a business and the trial and error that you have to go through, and obviously nothing comes easy. But like you know we stumble upon it and we see that you guys have this game that's already like been created and like all these views on TikTok and it's like. It it just looks like, you know, it was created like that and you really you don't know about, you know, 
the evolution of everything that came to be. So that's pretty cool. And like, I, I think like, in my opinion, the genius of the game being a, a kid who plays golf every day and being around golf all the time, pretty much in my family and watching golf. I've known for a long time, like, I think just the genius of the game is that it, it's, it's an easy way to, to kind of play golf. Like, you see people go to the driving range or, or whatever who have really never played golf, and there's just something infectious about picking up a golf club and, and swinging it and, you know, hitting the ball. And, you know, you have people who go to the range on this end of the spectrum who have never swung a golf club before and are just trying to kill the thing, like 350-plus. And then you have people who are going who are, like, actually working on their games and, like, hitting, you know, mid-irons and whatever it may be. And I think that you found a pretty cool medium of, like, the people who are insanely good at golf and like low handicaps and the people who have never really played golf before, but just like love to pick up the club and swing can play golf together in the same environment in like a really really fun backyard setting, which is like totally cool. Cause like, let's call a spade a spade. Golf is effing expensive. Like to go out and play around is crazy expensive. It's crazy time consuming uh, if, if you, and I've been in the shoes before early in my golf career, if you aren't a golfer going out and playing 18 holes with someone who is a golfer sucks because you, you, you're hitting bad <laughs> shots all day. You're like, you're going through 30 balls. You're looking for your ball, every hole. You, you can't even really keep track of your score. Cause you, you like triple quad bogey on every hole. And I think that like, this is just, so, it seems like such an enjoyable way for someone who's either a beginner or someone who plays golf every day to like come together in the same setting and compete with each other in a game of golf. So that's to me what is like awesome about it. And I've and it's like, I, I can't speak enough volumes about like how cool I think this idea is. Uh, Cause I really, I, I've said this to people before, like golf is really great if you enjoy playing it and you're good at it. But if you, if you're not good at it and you don't enjoy playing it, it sucks. So this is like a, a really, really <laughs> cool way to like, you know, bring everyone together and play golf, which I think is awesome. Um, speaking about just like the different golfers, obviously you said that, you know, you play golf all the time. Um, and then, you know, not to throw shade at anybody, but like I've seen in the TikTok videos, it's clear that some of the people who are in the videos don't play golf. Um, so is there like a, is there like a, do you have like a handicap system in place for like someone like you who was really good and someone who's never played or do you just like go out and you know whatever it is it is uh yeah so when we play we'll always put handicaps in with yeah whatever whatever your skill level is yeah um just like make it more fun or we always mess like with the different games on like team up with partners or like match play or like pig and wolf or each hole like maybe your score doesn't matter on the whole course, but each hole loser, loser has to chug a beer on each hole or something like that, just to yeah. make it more fun and like mess mess around with a lot of stuff. But even like even bad golfers, like when I play, um, I was like, or what am I right now? I was like two handicap at my my best. Now I'm up to like a three or a four. Mm-hmm. Um, but my dad is, uh, I think he's. If I don't know, he doesn't even have a handicap. But if he did, it would be like twenty at least, yeah. if not more. <laughs> and he has beaten me in the game before, which would obviously never happen in real golf. But he's right. beaten this much because it's like it's it's a lot easier for someone who doesn't play golf to be good. Um, but also, like at the same time, I can't remember where this quote came from. I think it's the first spike ball actually, as I saw it. It's like it's 
it's uh it's easy to learn but difficult to master which is kind yeah. of like what this game is like anybody can play but also like if you're actually you play it a lot and you're good at golf like you can start sinking the balls and the buckets all the time and like just yeah. getting a lot a lot better so like it's not like it's an easy game where it's like oh this isn't enough excitement for me if i'm a good golfer like it's it's just as fun for a scratch pro golfer versus like someone who's never played like it makes no difference that's awesome yeah so follow up kind of to that is there like because you're because you say you're a two you were a two handicap at one point you're a three or four now is there like i don't know how to necessarily put this so like is there a disadvantage to playing bucket golf if you are like keeping a handicap competitively because like at for our company we have a wiffle ball league um and so we play and film wiffle ball games as if they were mlb games and a lot of the feedback we get from the kids who play in them who are baseball players is like, this is like detrimental to my baseball game. Like they actually can't play. They can't, they say they can't hit in wiffle ball. They're like, I need someone to hit for me because if I try and hit the wiffle ball, it's going to affect my baseball swing and my ability to play baseball. So like we have, I think there's a team in our wiffle ball league with all four division three college baseball players and none of them hit because they say <laughs> it'll mess their swing up. Have you, is there, and I, I haven't played bucket golf yet, so I can't attest to it, but like I play golf every day and I keep a handicap, like I'm a five right now. Like, is there a disadvantage to someone who is a competitive golfer? Like, you know, hitting a lighter ball, a bigger ball, like whatever it may be, or does it like not have any impact? I don't think it has any impact. It's just like, you're not really ever doing like a full on golf swing where you're swinging as hard as you can or not as hard mm -hmm. as you can, but like never hit this as hard as you hit a golf ball like it's a full swing but you're not putting everything behind it mm -hmm. and most that's only like on your tee shot pretty much all the other ones are just like little shots yeah. i haven't noticed it's messed up my game you don't hit down on this ball obviously you kind of just like hit it like by yeah. the driver instead of like you if you hit it into the ground it definitely just doesn't fly the same as a golf ball so it's right. kind of definitely a different swing but I have not noticed that. I would be shocked if someone <laughs> would say it would mess up their golf swing. If they were a good golfer, they probably got enough reps in where yeah. I, think, I think they're good on like their swing. But uh, right, so I yeah, think we're good on that. But maybe I've seen a couple comments on like the TikToks and Instagram where people have been like, "Don't play. This is going to destroy your game." Oh really? Oh, so I'm not the first to bring <laughs> that up. Only a couple of people though, but I was like, "Dude, don't worry. It's not going to destroy your game. You'll be good." Because I was gonna say, like, I didn't, I didn't initially think it would. The only reason I bring that up is because, like, you guys play with a wiffle ball, and like every time I think of wiffle ball, I think of our wiffle ball league, and I think about all the kids in our league who are too soft to get up and swing the bat because they don't want to affect their swings. I'm not one of those kids. I can step <laughs> up to the plate, you know, like in nobody's business and swing. I don't play baseball anymore, but uh, but yeah, I was just curious to see if any feedback had been given to you on that front. Apparently, it has in the TikTok comments. So. <laughs> Some, something to I don't think the seal have actually played though. But That's true. They just uh, yeah had the we, same. We know idea, the we so. know the we know a thing or two about people stepping out of line on TikTok. Believe me, in the comment section, saying some stupid yeah, they're, stuff. <laughs> they're pretty entertaining. I love going through and just seeing some of the stuff yeah. that people come up with. It's always it's right. always pretty entertaining. Yeah. So, what is the go-to club in your opinion then in bucket golf? Because I think that. I was thinking about it today. I think there's a few different ways you could approach this, but what do you think as the creator? 
So I go with just for my style, I guess there's a bunch of different styles you could play with just, we play, I don't know, I've probably played like 500 rounds at least now. Wow. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, no, uh, I like a nine iron or an eight iron is what I usually go with just cause on the longer shots, you're still good. You don't have to like swing as hard as you can to get it there. And then on the shorter shots, you still have enough lock where you can chip it inside the bucket. Um, but if you're a newer player, like you're not that good at golf, I would go with a lower one, like a, a probably like a seven or a six, mm-hmm. just cause you're probably not going to be chipping the bucket. I mean, you're probably not going to try to chip the ball into the bucket. It's going to be like kind of hard in the beginning. You're probably just going to go for the bucket shots. And once you get a lot of loft, when you hit it, a lot of times you'll hit it over the bucket by mistake, just not knowing how high the ball is going to go. Yeah. So that's kind of, but in general, I would say average, like seven iron is like the, most friendly for everybody. Um, and it's a one club game. You don't have, yeah. you can't switch clubs. One club, got to get one club the whole round so you can have your drink in your hand, of course, as you're going around and put it down. You can't, don't bring your bag out there to play. Right. Uh, no trading yeah. clubs. I was, was going <laughs> to, yeah. I was going to say, like, you know, if, if you, if you did have, you know, the full bag at your, at your exposure and like, you had a caddy or whatever like that might be that might be an interesting addition to the game at some point the future of pro bucket golf right there perhaps yeah i would be the first to sign up to be a caddy i think that in my days caddying for my friends i think i'm pretty good on the bag uh so you know if if you're looking for a professional bucket golf caddy maybe you know give me a call I'll hit you up. Wait, have you actually, you've actually caddied in, in real golf tournaments before? I have, yeah. So a bunch of us kind of like we have like a, not like a rotation, but like like I said, uh, the co-founder of this podcast, and if you're listening to this podcast, you know him to be Carp. Uh, he is right now, the reason he can't be on the show is because he's interning at Shinnecock in Long Island all summer. Uh, he's like golf through and through, loves the game. He is like a .2 handicap, sends me videos all the time, just like, purest ball striker i've ever seen um so like you know we all and i have a bunch of friends you know who i've met through him who i've known from just like going to school with or you know living playing golf at you know my course or whatever and you know when these kids enter these like pro-am or not pro-am tournaments they call it mass am out here because mass amateur but when they enter these you know amateur tournaments they they don't get provided caddies so they just can like hit up their friends or whatever and say like, Hey, do you want to carry for me? So like I've carried a few times. Uh, I think I've given some, some pretty sound advice when I'm out on the course. <laughs> I'd like to think that. Um, I, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm tour ready yet. Uh, <laughs> c- carrying the bag 18 holes is, is tough, especially for, you know, a 19 year old kid who's like five foot seven. It's not, it's not ideal, uh, in, in the middle of summer in, in Boston, but, uh, but yeah, I've been on the bag a few times before in my in my career, so I think that I would be pretty. Uh, I think I'd be experienced enough to caddy in bucket golf. Um, so something to keep in the back pocket. Uh, also, also on the note of us getting involved in bucket golf, I would like to know, and maybe you don't have the answer to this, what the the record for the low round is in bucket golf, at least in like in your experience or playing, or if anyone has told you of a low round before. Ah, uh, got it. So I think the lowest round that I, that we have is 13 under. Okay. Um, that was on a nine hole course. So it comes in, there's six hole course or a nine hole course. Mm-hmm. That was on the nine hole course was 13 under. 
by yours truly, of course. No one can beat me in my own game. <laughs> Just kidding. I was I was gonna say the second that I get this game, I'm shooting 14 under. Just, just throwing it out there. <laughs> but so also you have to put this out there is there's definitely different. Div- however, you set your own course up, you can make it pretty tough. Depending on where you put your buckets, where you put your tee shots, going over stuff, putting it close to something where it might go in the bushes and whatnot, making it really hard. Or you could obviously set it up super easy to where you could probably get whatever 20 under par if you wanted right. to. Yeah. Um, so it uh, it definitely definitely depends on your your course golf course architect that you have uh, yeah. designing the course out there when you're setting it up. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, here, well, here's what I'll do. I'll offer this up to you. When I when I get it, I'll get on a call with you and and I will I will show you my backyard and you can design the course for me. <laughs> Make it as hard as you want. And I, I don't know, I, I'm not going to set myself a date for when I break your score, but at some point, I want to come for the record. When I when I hear a record, I want to break it. I haven't broken my course record at my own course yet. I haven't even come close. But I'm, every time I go out there, I'm, I'm looking to shoot the low, the low round at my local country club. So I, I, will, I will dedicate my life, if I have to, to breaking the low <laughs> round. <laughs> All right, let's go. It it's on. <laughs> Um, so this is an interesting question. I mean, we get these questions all the time in terms of just like this, the what ifs. Um, and I thought it'd be cool to like, to ask you in your opinion, who, which golfer on the PGA tour right now, do you think would, would perform the best in bucket golf? Ah, excellent question. Let's see who's got the best. I'm trying to think of the best short game right now. Um, I feel like, uh, Colin, uh, what's Colin from Cal's name? Morikawa. Yeah, I feel like he would be a great bucket golfer. I think really, really good bucket golfer. Um, who else would be great out there? I'm trying to think of who else. Who else has been good lately? Been slacking on my PGA Tour watching this summer for sure. <laughs> Well, Colin Morikawa, like, that's the first one. He's my favorite golfer, so, like, I'm glad you said that first, that that name. Uh, granted, he did just win a major, but still, that's that that gives me hope that he is uh, he's rising up there in terms of, you know, popularity amongst the, the PGA community. Yeah, he's he's the man. I remember when I first heard of him was when I was watching him when he won out at, uh, he won out at Harding Park. I don't remember, I think it was, I'm trying to remember which tournament it was that he won out at Harding Park last year for the first when he won his first one um, yeah but i was watching that one that's when i was like oh man this guy is sick i love this guy um but uh yeah yeah he, he's like he, i think one of the purest golfers out there right now like like you said like great short game like i was watching him even when he won the pga championship last year oh my god it's it is silky to watch I don't throw that term around a lot, but like he's got <laughs> silky hands when it comes to you know dialing in his wedges. And I, I think he'd be I think he'd be great at bucket golf. Maybe we should try and get him in on a game. Have you reached out to any PGA Tour pros ever to try and play? <laughs> I have not reached out to any yet. I gotta I gotta reach out to some. There's got to be some. some That's the next it. step, I think, is maybe put together a PGA Tour pro am event where they just play bucket golf instead of real golf. That. That might be uh, that might be in in the cards in the near future. Would absolutely love to watch that. <laughs> yeah. Um, follow up to this one. I think Colin Morikawa is a pretty decent answer in my opinion. He comes to mind first of all. 
who do you, who would you want as a celebrity spokesperson for Bucket Golf? If you had your pick at any celebrity, golfer, non-golfer, uh, any profession, to promote your brand through and through, day in, day out, who would you choose? So it doesn't have to be a golfer. It could be anybody. could be anybody in the whole world. Oh, man, this is tough. I've thought about this so many times. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think I just have to go with Happy Gilmore, Adam Sandler. Yeah. You know, the the original OG, uh, get him doing some of his signature run-up shots <laughs> all day long on the, on the game. I feel like he would be, he would be a pretty, a pretty good person to have, have out there. That would, that would be a really good one. That would be a really good one, especially because I feel like people who aren't kind of tapped into the whole like golf scene, it's like everyone who picks up a golf club tries that shot. Like no matter where you are, everybody is like, "Oh, I'm gonna do the Happy Gilmore shot." So that that I think that's a that's a pretty good answer too. Like to pull that one out, that's good. Uh, I think I'm trying to think. I was thinking about this earlier today too, of like who I would want for you. Um, I don't I don't know. There's there's so many there's so many people that you could choose from. I might go similar route. And say Shooter McGavin. I'll I'll, I'll take the <laughs> I'll take the villain of the movie and say that Shooter. He's on cameo too. You that's something oh, that you geez, should tap into. Maybe yeah. you know take some bucket golf extra funding that you have and, and get a cameo from Shooter. That would be <laughs> that would be pretty good. Um. So funny story about Shooter actually is I uh so my first two years of college I I uh, played lacrosse at uh, at Hobart. Uh, which oh, is no way. New York. That's where Shooter McGavin went to college. Um, so when I was there and I don't know how this even got brought up, we were at a party or whatever. And some of the guys on the team, uh, were like talking about Shooter McGavin, blah, blah. And I was like, they were like bringing up, he went to school and I was just like, no way he didn't blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, look at this photo. And then they went through their photos on their phone and they had photos with Shooter McGavin doing his like signature, That's awesome. signature <laughs> with them, like taking selfies all day long. I was like, no way. I had no idea that he even went to the school slash That's that you guys got to hang out with him. That's crazy. He went to Hobart too. My uncle played lacrosse at Hobart. One of the kids who works for us goes to Hobart and plays football. One of the kids who was, the goalie for my high school lacrosse team is the goalie there now. A lot of connections to Hobart. My hockey coach went there tons. Oh, so, no way, man. That's awesome. Cool. When did you when did you play there? Uh, so I played there in 2009 and or well, 2000, sorry, 2009 and 10 and then I transferred uh so yeah, two years and then I transferred to University of Denver. Um, oh, to nice. finish playing there, um, a little bit closer to home. Um, Hobart was a little, little far away from me, a little cold too. But uh, so, were you on the the national championship team in Denver or no? No, I missed it by a year. Oh um, man! I graduated <laughs> and they won the year after. I know. <laughs> I was gonna say like, well, you mentioned something in the beginning. You're like, oh yeah, I like played lacrosse, like D1, whatever. Like those are two pretty good schools <laughs> to play at, especially. <laughs> They won the national championship. Sucks that you couldn't win it. What position did you play? Uh, I played attack and midfield. Nice. Yeah. My yeah. dad played college lacrosse. I played lacrosse up and through up through high school, and I, I play hockey, so that's kind of the kind of the route. And golf now is the route that I've chosen to take. But yeah, we're 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 big fans of Hobart lacrosse and Denver lacrosse too. I was pulling for him when they won that year. So nice. Yeah. Bios. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So, so here's one. How do how do you envision 
the growth of this company and this game evolving over like the next five years? Because obviously I think you have the ball rolling in a pretty good spot right now. And like you mentioned spike ball earlier, it gives me mad like spike ball vibes, like, you know, great backyard game, like really infectious, addicting. Um, and you've really, like you said, COVID really kind of ramped up the, the idea to start selling it and make this a product. Where do you see this going in the next five or so years? Yeah, I would love to get it to a, a level of like a spike ball. Um, I think it's like close to a spike ball. Yeah, it has a slightly different vibe just because like spike ball seems like it's like more of a real, a real sport that's on ESPN and stuff. I don't know how far this would go in that direction. Um, yeah. but, uh, it's, uh, I would definitely like to take it in that direction. Um, I don't know if you've heard of this other game. Um, I actually had a call with this guy. Uh, you heard of CrossNet before? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of like, like the, the volleyball with the yeah, floor. Yeah. 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 So I had a, uh, a call with him and just kind of like, cause I like what, it, what he's done has been awesome. It's been crazy. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of like trying to just pick his brain on like what he's done, how he's doing it. Um, and, uh, just, yeah, keep, keep working it on like our website and stuff. Hopefully get into some of the, the big retail stores. Um, we've talked to a couple of them so far. Uh, and then, uh, that's kind of like what I see, where I see it going, team up with, hopefully team up with like a couple, uh, maybe probably not Happy Gilmore, but a couple, <laughs> couple you never of bigger know. <laughs> influencers, golf people. We've had a bunch reach out so far. So find someone who's a good match or a couple people who are a good match. Uh, maybe try to get on Shark Tank or something like that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, just keep checking along, taking it day by day and hopefully get, get to a level of something like, something like one of those two big time games where everybody's heard of it. Um, yeah. it'd be awesome. Yeah, I, I think it's, for sure. it's got that energy to it. I think you guys definitely have some, something amazing going. Um, like my eyes lit up the second that I saw the game and granted, like I'm always looking for, for ways to like play golf outside of the course. And like, you know, I think the closest thing that like I've ever had to it was like, I have a pool in my backyard we have like the floating green. So we would like just take like, you know, 56 degrees and like try and chip it onto the floating green. But that in itself becomes a pain in the ass. You have to, you know, send the, the kid who didn't hit the green the most times into the water and pick up all the balls. And it's like 30 minutes to just get like 10 balls back. This is like, I think you've hit the sweet spot literally to, you know, to lean on a baseball reference. Like it's the perfect, perfect, like backyard game. I, I watched the videos and I'm almost envious. It seems like, like it's such a great time. You've got like a beautiful landscape in the background. It's like, you're playing with all your friends. Like you've got you've got the drinks going, the music going, like the great moments. It's just I'm a little envious that that I'm you know not a part of it, and it, it seems awesome. So like it's definitely got that infectious vibe to it, and like I I really hope it does take off, and you know I hope that I can take some credit for it taking off after having you guys on the show. At, you know at some point five years down the line, I can be like yeah we had him on we had him on episode eighty one. So <laughs> first so, podcast yeah, uh, first ever. That. That's that is I might make a plaque that says that, like, you know, we we were the first podcast that Bucket Golf Game went on. Uh, I hope so. That's a great honor. Uh, all right. So before we wrap this up, last question I'll ask. I need your best Bucket Golf story, like best moment, in your opinion. Doesn't have to necessarily be like a low round or just like best moment that like sticks out in your mind. That is like this is 
quintessential what this company, what this game is all about. All right. Oh, man. I got a lot running running through <laughs> my head right now. Um, could take it in two different directions, like an actual golfing moment or something to do with drinking when we were go Go, go for both. Go, go, go for both. Take it in both directions. We've got time. <laughs> All right. We'll go with uh, probably uh, the best actual golf moment. So we're at the same, the same house that I was talking about earlier um, up in Tahoe. And uh, the course is out in the backyard. And there are, like, these big windows that had, uh, like, we hit – they got hit with balls all weekend long. Yeah. Um, so my dad had them washed. I don't know. I think it costs maybe like $2,000 to get these windows washed. Like absolutely just like a, like I get, I've never had the windows washed for, but the next day he comes out, he's like, all right, don't touch the window. Like I just had them washed. Not joking. Like everyone, like just, you can't hit it off the window. And like, it's yeah. not even close to the bucket. Like we were doing it on purpose, like just for fun. And yeah. so like, there's no reason why you should ever hit it. And we're having some drinks, and one of my friends, who is not very good at golf, um, probably up there with like the, yeah, like 30-ish, mid-30s handicap probably or something like that, can't even finish the round. (laughs) He's had some drinks, and uh, I don't know if he forgot or whatever, but anyways, it's his turn on this hole. Just my dad happens to come outside and just watch us. He swings, takes possibly the biggest divot I've ever seen in regular golf or bucket golf, probably a, a foot long divot in like your grass. You're not supposed to take a divot during bucket golf. Right. The divot goes absolutely flying just like in the general, like probably like 20 feet forward. And then the ball obviously covered in mud now just like hits the window right in front of my dad's face. We're all sitting there drinking and my dad already like pissed off at us. Cause I think it was like a holiday weekend and we were all, whatever, drinking probably, mess, messing the house up and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, sees it and just absolutely loses his shit. And it's kind of more, I guess, probably funnier if you're there than hearing about yeah. it right now. But I wish I uh, had a better way to tell this story because there's just, I don't know, I played so many rounds. Like I said, I'm trying to think of uh, a good one. Right. Um, well, I, was a, I feel like no matter <laughs> – how old you are obviously you all are a lot older than any of us who are on this podcast but i feel like no matter how old you are or like what you're doing like i feel like you can just relate to the like damn i just like fucked up and disappointed my dad thing can like <laughs> the, like similar like we've been in similar situations like we're playing you know ball hockey out in the street and uh and we aim the net like you know at a window again like right at a window and my dad's like oh guys maybe you should like move the net or whatever and like you know, we refuse to move the net because obviously we have this perfect, you know, TD Garden esque roller hockey rink that we just created in our in our uh, in our driveway. Right. And you know, someone winds up slap shot, maybe a little too hard, misses the net. You know, clean break through the window. You know, been, <laughs> been, been there on that kind of thing. So yeah, I can definitely relate to the uh, to to that in that sense. But um, but yeah, I mean it. it I just, I can't, I've said it a million times on this episode that like, I think this game is, is awesome. This is like a totally genius game. Uh, I can't wait to play it. We, for the people who listen to this podcast and follow us on Instagram, whatever, you all know that we do our TBR tour videos. So we do different golf events. We do different golf challenges, whatever. And we are 1 million percent introducing a bucket golf round into the TBR tour. Uh, might 
give some leeway for someone other than myself to win. I'm undefeated on the tour so far. Couple couple <laughs> major victories. Recently won the green jacket, so you know, not a big deal. All but right. uh but but yeah, like I I'm fired up to play this game. Like just watching the videos and hearing you talk about it and you know, seeing the game itself is it I just think that it's awesome. Like I'm fired up to play it and I was like stoked that we had you on the podcast, honestly. It was great to have you on and and get to hear, you know, the ins and outs about the game. And uh, I appreciate you coming on a thousand percent. We'll definitely want to have you on again. Maybe, you know, maybe we could find a time to get in the uh, in the same state and play, you know, maybe one round of real golf, one round of bucket golf and make some content out of that. But uh, if you're ever in the in the New England area or if I'm ever, you know, out in California, we'll definitely we'll find a time to link up and, and get it done. But uh, but anything else from you that, you know, if you want to plug anything or, or anything else, you know, go for it. Uh, no, yeah, just like thanks a ton for having me on. First first podcast for us. It was a ton of fun. Um, and, yeah, just fun to hear you talk about the game. And just like when I hear you say stuff like that or just anybody say stuff like that, the comments that you're saying about how it's just good for great like you're a really good golfer or you never played play together and like still have fun whereas you can't do that with real golf like it's just that just hits the nail on the head for the game right there yeah. and it just like puts so much time in all the three whatever three and a half years we've been going down this road now to like hear when people just say that about how excited they are just lights me up man so yeah <laughs> Uh, awesome stuff pumped that you guys are so excited about the game and uh yeah. it's been a ton of fun talking about it and would, would love to at some point yeah play a real round or some bucket yeah. golf or <laughs> hopefully you don't take down my score top <laughs> i might actually beat it this weekend i'm going back up on right. a little a little vacation this weekend probably play some bucket golf this weekend i'll uh Keep you posted on it. Yeah, I, I need because if, if you're gonna if you're gonna break the low round, like I need to know beforehand so I can like because I don't want to not be in the know about the new low and think I broke it and then get the heartbreaking news that I came up you know one stroke short or whatever it may be. So <laughs> I, I I would I would like to be involved in the updates uh, if at all possible. But uh, but yeah, like a million percent. Like we always love working with new people and just like you know having people on our podcast. So if any time you want to come back on, if you guys like have new stuff that you want to talk about, new content, if you want to you know do content with us, we're so open to anything. Um, and we a thousand percent have to get a round of bucket golf and actual golf on the books, whether it be out here in the northeast or you know out there on the coast. Uh, we'll definitely find a way to get it done. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you coming on. It's fun to, to sit here and talk to you and, um, it's just, you know, best of luck from, I know myself and everyone else who's listening to this, this podcast, I can guarantee too that we have definitely just hooked some people onto bucket golf as well, who are listening to this episode, who are watching on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, whatever can a million percent guarantee that, you know, people are going to, you know, at least are fan base and our audience are going to start to get hooked on this game just like we're kind of hooked on it right now so uh so yeah we appreciate you coming on a thousand percent uh tons of fun having you on and uh and we hope to hear from you soon but other than that boys uh let's get back to episode 81 all right yep so that was the interview we're back now uh on the normal episode the outdoor episode uh i guess we'll be calling it but uh, yeah, Seth. Obviously, you weren't on the the interview itself, but I sent it to you after I did it. Just kind of, you know, what were what were your thoughts about the game itself, and you know, 
everything that was talked about. I mean, first, I thought he was a really cool guy. Like, it seemed like he was really easy to talk to. I really liked the the Steve Young jersey in the background. Yeah. That, was, that was a little bit of a, a nice touch. But, um, no, the thing that I found really interesting, actually, that he said was that during COVID, it's been an issue of, like, getting the materials for the game. Um, and, you know, I had heard of certain things because, like, in disc golf, for instance, they're having issues manufacturing the discs because they're made out of plastic and rubbers and all of that stuff is going towards PPE. And so, you know, yeah. if you're trying to get like plastic or rubber, it's really difficult because all that stuff is going towards like hospital stuff that, you know, because hospitals need it right now. Yeah. Um, but he mentioned how it was like stuff was getting stuck in ports. And so I hadn't even heard of that part before. So that was really interesting for me to hear. Um, but it was cool. You know, I thought there were a lot of questions in there that like, you know, I was sitting there and as my like journalism background self, I was like, dang, like, well, it's doing everything he's supposed to here. Like you're oh, you you. questions it. that I was like, I thought to ask. And then you asked a bunch of questions that I never would have thought to ask that were like good questions. And so I thought it was just a really well done interview all around. Thanks. Yeah. And I mean, it technically was like our first interview. We had um, we had an impromptu interview during quarantine, like last April with that snake from what's the word mass who shall remain unnameless or nameless rather. But, uh, but this is our first like actual interview that like we actually, like I sat down and like prepared for and like did research for. Um, so it was cool. And yeah, like you said, he was like a really cool guy to talk to kind of similar to us, just like, you know, loved sports and like wanted to, you know, had an idea and like wanted to see it through. So I thought there were definitely some like parallels, especially like he talked about like the early going of like, starting it up and everything and the challenges like it's something that we could definitely relate to obviously we aren't a product but you know it kind of different strokes similar folks it's <laughs> i don't know what the saying is um but yeah the thing that that i didn't ask was the one thing i don't regret not asking it because like i don't know how i feel if someone like asked us about like tbr but like and we haven't gone through this situation but on their TikTok and their Instagram, I noticed that they were, had started posting videos in like 2016 and then kind of took like a hiatus for like a few years and then like hammered it during COVID. So I wondered like my, my assumption when I first saw that when I was doing the research was like, you know, maybe they started it in like 2016, whatever, like five years ago now, um, didn't necessarily get like the traction that he was hoping for and then like COVID hit and like that was kind of like a blessing because you know it was a game that you could play in your backyard and you could sell it easily to people who were bored and looking for something to do and like you said with all the manufacturing that wasn't necessarily the case but I would have been interested to know like what what happened in that five-year period and because for us at TBR COVID was huge we like we had it was such a great time to do content obviously we do podcasts virtually anyway so the only thing that affected us was not being able to be all together which we rarely are anyway so it doesn't really matter we, we don't all live close to each other like carp's in new york you're in new hampshire i'm in boston michael's in a different part of boston so we're never together so it didn't really affect us that much during covid and you can like the first podcast i was ever on was you me and i want to say fawns was on there and we were doing nhl and i was at bu and so yeah. we were all just on skype right <laughs> that was right before covid too yeah like, that, that would have right been before 
I forget if that was the fall or the spring right before COVID, because it was it was my freshman year of college, so it was right. It was you know a couple months before COVID. I just can't. right. It was. I think it was in the fall. It's tough. To I gotta check because I remember I remember talking about Jake DeBrusque, and I posted that Instagram yeah. clip of me saying Jake DeBrusque like a million times. Who, by the way, is gonna get traded? Yeah, we'll but, talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, like. I, I, I would have been interested to know, like, and I didn't really want to ask because, you know, if someone doesn't offer, if if a company takes a, a few year hiatus and doesn't offer up the reason why I wasn't going to be like, oh, like, what, what were you doing for like three years? Like, you know, whatever. But, uh, but yeah, good interview. Um, I want to do content related to bucket golf, too. Like, I've been talking about that. I said that on the interview. Um, I think it would be good. Uh, good exposure for their game and a good content for us, like. The TBR tour videos, people don't realize it's, it, it is wicked hard. Those are the hardest videos to, to film and produce it and put out just because, you know, we're going to a private golf course, which is a nice golf course. So you're trying not to be too like, Hey, we're filming a video. So you try and keep it like, and not that I think it's against the rules, which I don't, I don't think they care, but you know, you're trying to keep your pace of play up. You're trying to abide by like golf course etiquette, golf course rules. And, you know, so whenever we're filming, I try and keep it as discreet as possible when we're filming, just so like, you know, we don't, you know, bring any attention to ourselves. Um, so it's that also, in itself. Like, are, you're only bringing one camera or two cameras with you, right? Like yeah. it's different with like, with like barstool when they have like foreplay, they have to yeah. like set it up and then they're always the last tea time of the day because they've always got like six carts with them with equipment right. doing stuff because they've got, you know, two carts for them to, you know, be the golfers. And then they've always, you know, they've got their sound guys, a bunch of different camera guys. Cause you know, there's four of them that have to play. So they've got to follow all of them. And so that's right. something where they actually like have to, but I feel like, when you're only filming like one camera and it's just like two or three guys maximum four, like you're not taking forever by filming. And it's always yeah. like just having someone who's not on the T set it up. So it's not that hard anyway. Right. Yeah. That's the only, the only issue that like, and the other thing too is like, we don't like tell the course that we're filming. So I feel like, and I feel like we could easily be like, Hey, like we're trying to like film this video. Like, obviously, we're not, like, big to be like, all right, shut the course down, you know, TBR's showing up. But, like, the issue with taking the last time of the day is that it would only be nine holes because the last time on the sheet at the course that we play at is 6.30. So you can't play 18 at 6.30. Right. So yeah, it would eight, be nine. Eight. And I'd like nine because it's easier to edit and easier. And I feel like more people would watch just a nine-hole match than 18. But if you want to play 18... Like, I think the latest time, if filming with multiple people, is probably, like, 4 o'clock that you could that you could tee off at. So if you tee off at 4 o'clock at the course we play at, there's people in front of you, people behind you. You don't know who you're going to be mean, playing you around. So, Like, the way you could do it is you could play an 18, but if you want to shorten the video, you could do, like, all of the odds are part of the video or all of the evens are part yeah. of the video. The front nine is part of the video or the back nine is part of the video, like, something like that, so that you pick, yeah. like, a nine holes but you still get to play 18 and so it's That's like true. Yeah. yeah and like you know it's in the in the few videos that we've done i think we we lucked out with the second video with Vito and cart because and that was in november too it was like the last week that the course was open so not there weren't a ton of people out there in general but i mean you can see the video the course looks empty and we got 18 
scene and, and we like there were some great moments in that video too because like we were taking our time we were like talking to the camera i feel like with the the last one we played like in the first weekend that the course was open in april in like the middle of the day so it was packed and so we we didn't really have time to like stop and like chat with the camera or like do any like a little anecdotal moments it was like all right we're like playing and going that's the issue too is like i'm always super conscientious of how fast i'm playing filming or not because yeah. i just feel like i don't know i hate having people up my ass behind me thinking thinking that i'm playing slow but then i also hate being up someone else's ass trying you know having them think that i'm rushing them so i'm always conscientious of, of my pace of play so like especially when you're filming and you know if like Farul has been in the golf videos if Farul's drive goes off to the right like mine goes off to the left and we have like you know, we got to drive over here, film the shot, hit it, drive over here, film the shot, hit it. Instead of like, you know, we have two carts that we're both going and just hitting at the same time. Like, obviously we need to like film the shots. So there are definitely challenges that come with the TBR tour videos. And then editing them is a bitch. Like I hate editing the TBR tour videos so much. It takes so long because you got to do the shot tracers. You got to do the, the, the scoreboards. You got to do the music, everything. It's like the most in-depth production that we do at TBR for certain. So, Back to the main point, I feel like if we were to do bucket golf, we wouldn't need shot tracers because it's chipping. The only thing we would, and we wouldn't have to care about pace of play because we'd be in our backyard. We're not at an actual golf course. Uh, and I feel like it would just be an easier, smoother setup. Not to say that we're never going to do TBR tour videos again, because I love, like once we put them out, I love watching them. But it's just like the, the process of making them is long. So definitely like I want to do a bucket golf video in the future. But yeah, all in all, really cool interview. I feel like, you know, there's opportunities for us to do more with them as well. I talked with him after the call had ended, um, for a pretty, a good while, just about like, you know, let's, let's link up on some content. Let's do whatever. Like, obviously he lives in California and we live in Boston or New England. So it's not the easiest thing in the world to do that. But I feel like, there are definitely some opportunities that like we could continue to work with, with that company and, and push their product and they, you know, promote our content, whatever it may be kind of a, a nice little give and take situation there. So I would be, I would be up for that at some point in the future. But, um, but yeah, why don't we transition into the actual episode? Uh, I don't, this is going to be a long fucking episode because of the interview too, but you know what? We've, we've got nowhere to, you, you all people, I'm assuming if you're listening to this, have nothing better to do than to listen to us talk about sports. So we're going to do that. Let's talk first, just to get it out of the way, because we love to talk about the controversial stuff first. The NFL and the vaccine controversy, whatever's been going on. I wanted to talk about it last episode, and then Ferulo showed up and was all like, we gotta go. So let's talk about it now. The NFL is not requiring vaccines for players. However, they're basically <laughs> requiring vaccines for players. Yeah, they're doing their best. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's an interesting situation because, like, I agree with the NFL's stance of trying to get as many guys vaccinated as possible. And also, just a point here, if you are on the Washington football team and you haven't gotten vaccinated, you're an asshole and you should ask it for a trade right now. Because Ron Rivera just got over cancer, right? And he's already immune compromised. So that means that he's probably vaccinated, but the vaccine might not do 
the full what it's supposed to do, right? Because that that yeah. happens, you know, with people who have immune issues, right? So, you know, that's your coach. He's your leader. Like, you should be doing whatever you can to make him safe. So if you really are that much against the vaccine, get yourself traded. Don't be in the Washington football team organization and not be vaccinated. That's just ridiculous to me. But yeah. I don't like how the NFL is going out about it because I think that if you like if you want all of the players to get vaccinated, just mandate it. Enough with right. this shit rigmarole of like, oh, if you guys have an outbreak and you miss a game and it happens because it you know, the guys who had the outbreak weren't vaccinated, you forfeit. Like and then there's like all these other restrictions that they have. Now the NFLPA is trying to get the COVID testing up for vaccinated players and like just come out and say, we want every single one of you to be vaccinated. Just say it, right? Like it's, and you know, I know the reason why they're not saying that is because there's going to be a legal battle because there's going to be guys who don't want to be forced to get vaccinated and fine. That's the right to not be forced to be vaccinated. But then again, it is a private organization. So I think they have the right to mandate it. I mean, if schools have the right to mandate that their students get vaccinated, there's no way that the NFL can't mandate it. Uh, So, I just think like my big issue is just how they've gone about it. Like just just don't enough of this wishy washy. Just be straight up. We want you to get vaccinated and mandate it, or say no, and then you know. I understand that you want to try and limit how much the schedule gets bumped around, but you didn't have any issue bumping around the schedule last year when vaccinations weren't like a thing yet. So why do you have an issue with it now? Right. Yeah, I, I agree, too. I feel like, like, obviously, on this week, I feel like this is a recurring theme, like some sports league, positive tests, vaccinations, whatever it may be. Like, we, we come and talk about it. And I've, pre- I've been a pretty outspoken, I'm not an anti-vax guy. I'm an anti-require-the-vax because I feel like, you know, it should be, like, a right that people have if you don't want to get vaccinated or if you have like a medical reason that like you can't get vaccinated, then I feel like you shouldn't have to give a reason. Like it it should be your choice. But I actually feel differently about this because the NFL is basically manipulating their organizations, their owners, their players into getting the vaccine by saying, well, yeah, no, you don't have to get vaccinated, but, but hey, just a heads up, if you don't get vaccinated and like, you know, your team causes an outbreak and it causes a game to get canceled, you're just taking the L. Like, that's, it's like, okay, so just require the vaccine then. We don't have to have this issue. You Obviously, if you require the vaccine, you're going to have guys like Cole Beasley and like D-Hop who say they don't want to get the vaccine and they don't want to be, you know, pressured into into doing, you know, something that they don't believe in just because, you know, the league is requiring it. And that's where it becomes a sticky situation. It's like, well, you know, they do have a good point in that. I think DeAndre Hopkins probably has a better argument than Cole Beasley. Um, I like Cole Beasley as like a football player. Well, yeah, first off, Cole Beasley's statement was riddled with grammatical issues. That one was awful. Um, But what was Hopkins' reason? Because I only saw the deleted tweet that said, damn, NFL really about to make me retire. So, so he came out and said that he didn't, he didn't want to be, he didn't want to put his team in a situation like that. So like he, he said, 
he talked less about why he didn't want to get vaccinated and more about why like he was against this. And he was just like, I don't want to be the guy to, to put my team in that situation. Like, uh, like I don't want to get the vaccine. Like that's my stance on it. I think he just said that like, he didn't know all, like he didn't trust it yet. And that's a fair enough point that I've heard a lot of people make. Like this thing hasn't been around for that long. There's not a thousand percent proof of it working. Um, I mean, it's interesting, some, right? Cause there's a lot of reports that say that like six weeks would be the point after getting vaccinated where any like side effects would show up. Right. So yeah, like at this point, I think we're technically far enough out. The issue that I do see though, that people like, have a genuine gripe about is, you know, we are starting to see a rising, like, obviously it's still less than 1% of vaccinated people, but there's still a rise in cases of, you know, positive tests among vaccinated people. But if you're going to nitpick less than 1% of a population, like what, like what are we doing here? Right. Yes. And my like, thing, too, just like, if I'm DeAndre Hopkins, dude, like, you know how much money that dude's about to get paid on his contract? Like, right. I cannot imagine feeling that strong. Like, at this point, I think we're getting close to 70% of eligible Americans have been vaccinated or at least have gotten their first dose. Like, if there was something that was going to be really dangerously wrong with getting vaccinated with these specific vaccines that you can have a different conversation around J and J and Pfizer, because those are the ones that we're seeing most of the like positive testing, especially in that one outbreak in Massachusetts. But like, if there was something seriously wrong and like people were having issues after getting vaccinated, you would think we would have heard it by now with how many people are getting it at this point. And so I just feel like, like how crazy can you be to like, you know, if you're a regular average American, Fine, like completely different conversation. But if you're DeAndre Hopkins and you're willing to retire from the NFL and give up on like 30 plus million dollars, how? Like, how do you feel that yeah. about this that you're willing to give up? Like, if someone came up to, if you were an ant, like, you were like really not trusting it, you didn't feel like it, and someone said, hey, I will pay you 30 million dollars to get this vaccine, how many people you probably who- would? Yeah. Like, it doesn't make, like, it's well, the other thing, too, is, like, I don't think DeAndre Hopkins necessarily needs the 30, like, obviously, you don't want to turn down, like, you know, extra millions of dollars of money, but, like, he right. definitely then could retire today. NFL players go bankrupt within three years of retirement. Yeah, but that's, that's not DeAndre Hopkins. I, I think, I think he's hit his number. I mean, if he's hidden enough, he's just got to be smart with his money, right? Because, you know, and, and granted, players across all sports are being much smarter about it. I mean, like Jason Tatum, and uh, he's not the only one, and he certainly wasn't the first one to do this, but like Jason Tatum hasn't spent a single money of his N- or single dollar of his NBA salary. All of the money that he spent has been endorsements, which is yeah. really like you just save your NBA contract, which dude's getting paid. So like, that's a lot of money that he's just stashing away. Like, that's great. Good for him. But like, not everyone's doing that. And in the NFL, your career is significantly shorter on average than the NBA. It's also yeah. not guaranteed money. No. Yeah. And I, and I'd say for like a, for like a rando, like I'd agree, but I think DeAndre Hopkins, especially with all the endorsements and him being pretty much far and away, I, I think DeAndre Hopkins is a little overrated. But um, and we can talk about his game back and forth all day compared to other you know elite wide receivers. But he's an elite wide receiver in the NFL. Has been widely regarded as probably the best in the game or one of the best in the game. Um, I would I would hope that he'd be smart with his money, 
post retirement and he would be all right. But again, I see his point too of like, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to be that, that guy, you know, who, who refused to get the vaccine. And then let's say that there is an outbreak and, and let's say that the blood is on your hands, that your team has to forfeit a game, especially a team like the Cardinals who are wicked volatile right now have an opportunity to win the division, but also have an opportunity to come in last in the division. That one or two games could be the entire season for a team like the Cardinals, and you don't want to be the one who screwed the team over. So I understand him saying, like, you know, maybe, you know, like the risk is just greater than the reward in terms of, like, if I choose to play, because he is pretty much, he doesn't want to get the vaccine. So I don't think that that's on the table anymore. I think that it's more like either he's going to play without getting it, or he's going to sit out. And like, I see his point. Like you don't want to be the guy to screw your team, especially the Cardinals. I thought were, we were big on the Cardinals last year uh, on the pickups. We liked them. They were a good team. And like, they made a little bit of a run. They, they, they won some big games. They knocked off the Seahawks. They knocked off the 49ers at the beginning of the year. So like they could really, and they have JJ Watt too this year, right? Yeah, I mean, their defense is, like, the defensive line is going to be really good because they've still got Chandler Jones around. Um, and so bringing in J.J. Watt, I think he's going to help with uh, the matter of, like, like, you know, you always hear about guys like Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald where they're, like, getting double-teamed all the time. By bringing in yeah. that extra guy, it makes it really tough to double-team them. So I think that their defensive line is going to be scary. They're secondary could be an issue, but I think that Kyler Murray takes a step up this year. I think that he's got, you know, now that he's got that full year under his belt alongside Hawkins, you know, you would think that potentially they could, you know, go for a run. Um, I don't actually know what the running back situation is right now, but I don't either. What was it? It was Chase Edmonds and um, Kenyon Drake last year. Was it? Is that who it was? Yeah, I mean, I feel like that could be a Did weakness. Did they sign a running back? I don't... I feel like they made another offensive move. I'm trying to... Like, cause I can't think of anybody. But, I mean... And the other thing that we haven't talked about, too, is just how much, like... AJ AJ Green. Oh, yeah. How about that? That'll be an interesting... That'll be interesting. Oh, huh. James Conner. They got James Conner, too? Holy From crap. the Steelers. I guess they did. I forgot that he was a free agent. I didn't even realize that they signed him. That's insane. Yeah, so they it's might Chase actually... Edmonds and James Conner is going to be the running back duo. That's, that's they good. might be dirty. They, they could very easily end up winning that division. But the one thing that we haven't talked about with the whole getting vaccinated and not getting vaccinated in the NFL is the restrictions on daily life. Like, if you're vaccinated... Yeah allowed to like go places and if you're not vaccinated you're stuck basically in your apartment and then on the road in your hotel room which is just like like it sucks for those guys and so that's like the other big thing with how they're trying to force people to get vaccinated because like who the heck like because all players across all sports talked about how miserable it was last season to like like with all the restrictions before vaccines were you know around for people to get them yeah. And it's like, I just can't imagine having to be an athlete that's stuck in there and having to go through that again. And so that like alone, I feel like probably drove a lot of guys to get it. But also if you're choosing not to like, like that's just another way, like with Hawkins said, like 
you know, if Hopkins isn't allowed to go places and he's stuck in his room all the time, I feel like his play might, you know, not be great some days compared to like if he was allowed to, you know, kind of be free and have that downtime away from football. Right. right. I yeah. Think Back to his point of like, I don't want to be the guy that causes the team to lose. Well, now if you're vaccinated, forget even starting an outbreak. If you're just not mentally 100% where you need to be, that can be an issue on the football field. You can end up costing your team a game because, you know, if you're not, especially like if you're Hopkins, if you're not 100% mentally there and you drop a pass, like, you right. know, that, right? You know, you could end up kind of screwing over your team a little bit there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I hope he plays because this team is yeah. going to be pretty freaking good. But like, yeah, I think the NFL is it's it's a little bit of a clown. And from a league who I think Carpus said this before, like does it best of all the the major four sports leagues. Like the NFL is the one that pretty much does everything top notch. And this seems to be a little bit of a circus to me. Like, oh yeah, like you don't have to get vaccinated, but like just remember if you don't, like you guys are forfeiting games. Which it's like just require the vaccine and we don't have to run into that issue because we're going to run into that issue. We know for a fact that Cole Beasley isn't getting the vaccine. We know that there are definitely other players who aren't as high profile who aren't getting the vaccine. And we know that there's going to be a COVID outbreak at some point. So, you know, what happens when a team has to forfeit? And I said this, did I say it on an episode or I think I just said this to somebody like what happens when like the chiefs have to forfeit a game and they're like undefeated. You know, like, yeah. it, it's bullshit. It's going to be bullshit. And no one's going to buy it. Like, what What if there's a team at the top of a division, like right before a big playoff push, who has to forfeit a game because of COVID? And everyone's going to say, like, well, what if it's like against the Jets, too, or a team needs a big win against us against a low tier team and they forfeit? Then everyone's going to say, like, well, if that game was played, we all know who's going to win. It's going to be the college baseball World Series all over again. And it illegitimizes the NFL season when you go down that road. I don't know why. I don't know why the NFL would want that. I would require the vaccine and then have a guy like Cole Beasley just not play. Yeah, I think the NFL can do without Cole Beasley. I like Cole Beasley on the field, but he's a little bit of a he's a little bit of a character, too much of a character off the field. He like makes rap music. (laughs) He's a little bit overrated. Like, oh yeah, definitely. Think about the guys that he's had with him. Like, he's never had to be the number one receiver, and he's always had a quarterback that is good at throwing the ball to his specific spot. Right? Like like, like Josh Allen, the elite quarterback? <laughs> Josh Allen is trash, and that will be exposed this year. But you just but you just said that Nicole Beasley's always had a quarterback who's good at throwing the football. To his specific spot is what I also said, which means but Josh Allen did four yards... <laughs> <laughs> he's a slot receiver. He's always going across the middle. That's what he does. Yeah, I was going to see this year. He's going to he's going to break out. <laughs> he already broke out. Look at his numbers. I convinced Carp. Now I just have to turn you. He's not that good, bro. It's all look digs. at his numbers. It's look at his numbers. Digs. It's not. But Diggs only been there for one year. Yeah, exactly. And in the one year that Diggs was there, his numbers shot up dramatically. Look at his numbers in the years before that too. Just we'll have this we'll have this conversation before the season starts. In the first pick'em of the year, when I pick the Bills to win the Super Bowl, then you'll see. <laughs> you pick the Bills to win the Super Bowl. No, I'm not picking the Bills to win the Super Bowl. I don't know who I'm picking to win the Super Bowl. Anyways. All right. 
His completion percentage, 11 points higher this year than it was last yeah, year. Yeah, Diggs definitely and makes a almost difference. Almost 20 from his first year. His touchdown definitely makes a difference. 2% higher this year. 17 more touchdowns this year. More touchdowns this year than in both of his first two years combined. But all 17 didn't go to Diggs. Right, but the point is is that when you have a star receiver, similar to the conversation we just had about Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt, where if you have another guy that's good, it's harder to double-team, when you have Diggs, he draws attention away from all the other guys. No, yeah, that's fair, but I just I think that you're discrediting Josh Allen a little too much. You'll see this year. You'll see this year. Trust me. Okay. Yeah, I'll see this year when Buffalo somehow chokes the uh, AFC East. Speaking of the AFC East, before we talk about the rest of the sports world, uh, let's quickly run through. When is that NFL preseason game? That's how, isn't it this week? So Steelers play probably the Cowboys, because I think that's always the Hall of Fame game, tomorrow. Yeah, and so tomorrow night. The rest of it starts next week at some point. Like, there's yeah, no so... It's the official uh, start, I'm considering it, the start of the NFL ex- season experience. Technically not the season yet, but it's the experience of the season because it's the, the preseason. So let's quickly go through, for all our futures betters out there, and let's predict division winners so that I can do you have to do futures? futures now. Do you have to do futures now, or is futures something that you would do right before the actual regular season starts? You can do it whenever. My book has it open now. And the odds are probably better now, so I want to do it now. The only thing that bothers me is that on other sports books, you can parlay division winners, which like I would so do, but I can't parlay my division winners on my on my book. So they're all straight bets. But let's run through quickly. AFC East, here are your odds. You've got the Bills at the favorites, minus 150. Then the Patriots, plus 300. Dolphins, plus 350. And then Jets, plus 1,600. Who do you think is going to win the AFC East? Yeah, uh, I got the Jets plus 1,600. No, I mean, look, I think it's going to be the Bills. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. Um, I mean, it's just... it'd It'd be weird to me... Um... For them to somehow not win it, because look, I think I think the Patriots are going to end up in second place. I think Patriots are going to make the playoffs this year. That's a big one that yeah. I see like as being kind of like an, a dark horse pick. But I don't think that there's another team in the division that's going to have a better regular season than Buffalo. Like it just doesn't. Like if Buffalo does the same, plays the same way they did last year, I don't think they really lost anybody that's that glaring and important in between last year and this year. I'd be surprised if they didn't. I mean, they could, obviously, if Josh Allen, like, tears his ACL week one, God forbid, right? Like, never want to root for a guy to get injured. But, right, like, that would be the one situation where it's like, like, if him, if he goes down, if Diggs goes down, if they have a bunch of offensive line injuries, like, I think it would take something crazy and unforeseen for them to not win the division. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take the anti. I'm gonna say the Patriots win. It could be a little bit of a of a bias pick, but I genuinely believe in this team. They you, you count up, 
Yeah, you count up all the close calls that they had last year, that Seahawks game, that Bills fumble, and then you look at the team that they had, and the team was significantly worse than the team that they put together this year. We're forgetting how many off-season acquisitions that this Patriots team has made. We don't even know who's going to be starting a quarterback yet. Not my guess is Cam Newton. Um, it is. I think it, He's the starter until Mac Jones passes him. Right, yeah. And I think that... You know, yeah, and and there's been back and forth reports about like how each one has been doing at camp. You know, it seems like Mac Jones has been kind of lighting it up until I heard yesterday he had like his worst day at camp, and Cam was really has been really consistent. Um, and I want it to be Cam. I don't think it should be Mac Jones. But I think a lot of people are like, oh, Cam Newton's like trash, and that's the reason this team isn't going to be good. I think he's going to have a much better year than he had last year. I mean, the guy had COVID in the middle of the season last year. It was such a broken NFL season to begin with. He had no weapons. His number one receiver was Nikhil Harry, who's, who's yeah. garbage. Granted, who has like apparently been lighting it up at training camp. So like we'll see. And requested a trade, but now is like wants to be on the team. So like we'll see well, what I happens with Nikhil happened. Harry. What happened was Nikhil Harry no one wanted him. requested a trade, and Bill was like, "All right, anyone want to give me a seventh round pick for Nikhil Harry?" And everyone <laughs> was like, "Uh, nope." And Bill right. was like, yeah. "Okay, yo, Nikhil." You have zero value, so you're either staying here or you're getting cut. And he goes, well, might right. as well get paid. And that's how that conversation. Right. Yeah. He, he is now all of a sudden buying into the culture of the team after no one, no other culture on any other team wanted him. Yes. Um, but apparently doing well in camp, so something to monitor on that front. But, like, Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar, Jalen Mills, uh, Judon, all these guys that they picked up in, in free agency and in the offseason, I think are going to be huge role players on this team, not to mention that you had a pretty good core foundation to begin with last year. Um, uh, there are a few late game mistakes and a few close calls away from being above 500 last year. Um, and I think that with all the additions that they made this year, I think they're like an 11 or 12 win team. Um, oh, well, it's 17 games this year, isn't it? Yes. Stupid. All right. Yeah. 12 or 13 win team then. Um, and I think they win the division. Uh, all you have to do is beat the Buffalo Bills twice and, and have a stronger record. And I think that they, they will do that. So, and the odds I think are looking real good right now for the Patriots to win the division. I think you could win some money. Um, and also, and that's yeah. Our, it's our second uh, future slash prop bet right there. Patriots. I have them over nine and a half at plus one time. Yeah for total wins on the season. So, and I was, I agree with that pick. I thought that they were going to get at least 10 wins this year. Yeah. I, 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 I was basing mine off four losses. I think they're a four loss team. So that would be 13 and four. This 17 thing is so fucking stupid. Um, because the math on 16 used to always work out so perfectly. Now we have to change it to 17. So 13 and four is, is my opinion on the new England page. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. I think you could see them make a playoff run too. Just because of the way that the system works, I think a lot of people are writing them off. If they win the division. If we get weeks one through four, Cam, it's it's or one through three, Cam, we, we, he tested positive before week four, right? Yep. Yeah, if we get weeks one through three, Cam, it's scary for the rest of the NFL. Like, we were... We, I, we, could, we were um, a better play call away from being 3-0. and and beating the Seahawks. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally agree. Still, um, we need Gilmore back. That's the one big thing. If Gilmore comes back and they finally get that contract situation done with, we'll be okay. And I, I think they will, right? He's been at camp. He's been he's been playing. So I, it sounds as if he wants to come back and that they're going to make this thing work out. Yeah, um, he's never indicated that he didn't want to be in New England. He's just indicated that he wants more money, which is, like, fair given that he was the DPOY two years ago, right? Like, it, right. it's been consistently at least a top three corner in the game for the duration of his contract. Um, but at the end of the day, you also, like, you renegotiated your contracts so that you got paid more last year, which meant that you're getting paid less this year. Right. right. So it was like, do I think the guy should get paid? Yes, absolutely. I love Stefan Gilmore. I think he's a great defensive back. I think he's one of the best corners in the game. Yeah. Do I think that he should really be holding out for more money this year right now? No. You negotiated a deal. Generally speaking, when you negotiate a deal, that's how it goes. You know, but right. if he if he resigns for more money, I'm not going to care. Like it's you know, exactly. Yeah. I don't think he's necessarily. I, yes, I think that he being the former defensive player of the year, probably one of the best cornerbacks in the game right now. I think that he's got a pretty strong case to make for why he should be making more money. But then again, it's like your deal was restructured and you renegotiated last season. And like, this is where we're at right now. You don't really have anywhere else to go. They're not going to trade you. So you're either going to hold out and not play this year or, or, you know, sign the deal and just play. Um, but I think they'll end up giving him more money and he'll be back. Um, and to pair him with JC Jackson too on, in the secondary, it's going to be, we're going to be scary defensively. Um, so I, I think the Patriots are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. I'll say it right now. What's the date? August 4th. Legitimate Super Bowl contender. Uh, the day after the Super Bowl, I put down a Patriots future bet to win the Super Bowl. A day after the Super Bowl this year. I put down a Patriots future. So that's how confident I am in this team. All right. AFC North. These odds, I don't get them. The team that won the AFC North this year has the third best odds. And the the Ravens, who we don't like, who I don't think are all that good, are the favorites. And I think the pick is pretty obvious, in my opinion, who's going to win the AFC North here. I mean, I'm rolling with Cleveland, personally. Same. Okay, I'm just making sure that we're on the same page here. Yeah, I mean, I've got them, what, plus 150 right now? And even the Ravens aren't, like, like the Ravens are favored to win the division, but they're still plus money. So it's not like they think the Ravens are going to win the division. It's they think the Ravens have the best shot. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just don't, I don't see the Ravens being any better this year than they were last year. Like, they're the same no. team. Like it's and if if being the team that you are last year didn't get you through the playoffs, then why would that being that same team this year do anything different? No, we kept saying it. Like we've been saying it the whole time. Is like we knew that Lamar was going to get figured out. We knew that this offense was going to get figured out, and they have been figured out. But they're not doing anything to to fix that. It's like all right, we're gonna we're gonna be a a mediocre team at best in the regular season. And then make a playoff push. And we're not going to get far in the playoffs because we don't have a dynamic enough offense. And that's what it's been for like the last, since Lamar has entered the league and has been starting for the Ravens. That's what it's been. So I, I don't see how you can, with a straight face, 
say like, oh yeah, the Ravens have the best shot. They almost missed the playoffs last year. Didn't they come in third in that division? Granted, it was the strongest yes. division in football. Um, but like, yeah, but they never really like they lost to who did they lose to? They beat Tennessee, right? Week one of playoffs. Yes, they beat Tennessee in the wild card game, right? And then lost to the Bills. I think in the conference championship. Oh wait, no, not the conference. No, the, uh, the divisional because the Chiefs were in the conference championship. Yeah, yeah, they lost to the Bills in the divisional round. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, it was Chiefs uh, Browns and yeah, Chiefs almost lost to the Browns last year. Like they one, they were one crappy call away from uh, away from that. Uh, yeah, the Chiefs should have lost to the Browns, and that's why uh, this Browns team is, I think, probably one of the better teams in football. And it's a shock to say that coming from where they were just a few years ago. I think Baker Mayfield is elite. Uh, Odell is going to be back and healthy this year. You've still got Jarvis Landry. You've got probably the best running back tandem in the league uh, between Kareem Kicks and uh, Nick Chubb. And then your defense is is extraordinary. So why not the Browns to win that division? They had the Steelers number last year. All they have to do is have the Ravens number, which won't be that hard. I think the Browns are legit. Yeah, they are my dark horse um, Super Bowl pick at plus 1,600. Mm -hmm. Um, I said, my friend texts me when Baker Mayfield goes number one overall and says Baker Busfield. This is back at the, what, 2018 draft? And I said, Nah, Browns are going to win the World Series. Or the World Series. Win the Super the Bowl. <laughs> it's another uh, what show is Homer Simpson on moment. Um, <laughs> no, that that was worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was that was just a little blunder between baseball and football. The Homer Simpson thing was a bad look. Um, but, uh, and I responded, nah, Browns are going to win the Super Bowl within the next four years. And this year is your So four. you've got one more year? Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but uh, I, need to I don't know. Stop. I'm not going to lie. That's what I'm doing, too. <laughs> <laughs> I've never really encountered this before. <laughs> well, my my main issue here was that I just didn't charge it. Oh, I was at 100 percent. I go outside. What we've been on this. Oh, we've been on this call for 52 minutes. I go outside for 52 minutes and I'm at like five right now. And my computer is making that sound it makes when it's about to explode. <laughs> yeah, this is the big whizzing noise. Working overtime. Uh, but yeah, no, I I love the Browns. Like that pick for the Super Bowl isn't crazy to me. They almost made it last year. Had they played the Bills in the conference championship, I legitimately think the Browns would have won that game. Call me oh, crazy. Absolutely. I think the Browns would have won that game. I, and with Odell back to like with, like we had this conversation like is this team better off or worse off with Odell because and it was just the whole Baker Mayfield thing was we right. didn't necessarily know how they were running the team in terms of like you know once Odell went down then that offense just like skyrocketed last year. Also, speaking of Odell, who the heck is spending one point eight million dollars on their friggin' teeth? What is that man doing? 
He spent a million dollars on his teeth. You didn't see this? This man no, got diamond encrusted veneers, which are like fake porcelain teeth, and like put them in his mouth. Like he's got one point eight million dollars worth of teeth in his mouth right now. Yeah, that that to me is like okay. If you have like money, you can do whatever you want with your money. But why? That's just stupid. <laughs> yeah, that that to me seems like a total waste of money. Teeth or teeth or teeth. They don't need to be a million dollars. So, but yeah, I don't necessarily know what this Browns team is going to be like with Odell back. I would, I would like to assume that they're going to be better. Um, but even if they, even if he doesn't really have that much of an impact, because like Odell to me is kind of, kind of starting to land in the overrated category. Um, he came out with that catch in New York and was like wicked hot and like had all the hype. And then he had like the kicking net thing and like he kept his name relevant. But the last few years, he really hasn't done much. And I know he's been hurt and he's been dealing with injuries, but he's really starting to, to, to drift into the overrated category, in my opinion. So like, I want Odell to do well and I want him to contribute to this Browns team. But if he can't, I don't think it's the end all be all because you saw them make a playoff run without him last year. Um, and the team didn't get any. Did they make any big splashes in free agency? I forget. I know they I'm were in on see. JJ Watt. They didn't end up getting him, but I feel like they did. Let off me look it up. Of, say off the top of my head, I can't think of anyone that they might have picked up. I'm trying to think. I mean, they definitely, it's obviously. I I really don't know. I would have to go way back. I follow this Browns fan page. Oh, oh, oh. Um, Jadevion Clowney. Oh, yeah. You see that's the video of that stupid drill that they had him doing? No. They set up four of those big old body bags that have, like, the, what's it called in the, the, um, like, the sand in the bottom. And you're supposed yeah. to, like, knock them over or whatever. But they yeah. set them up in a straight line. And so the goal of the drill was to, like, hit them out of the way and run through all of them. And he fell over at the last two because they were directly next to each other. So there was nowhere for him to step. And people were making fun of him for it. I'm sitting there like, how how are you supposed to get through that? Like, what, what, like, what are we talking about? Yeah. Um, yeah, they made some, they made some pretty, they were pretty active. Um, Anthony Walker from the Colts, Malik Jackson from the Eagles, Jadeveon Clowney, Troy Hill from the Rams. They, uh, John Johnson from the Rams, Denzel Perryman. Oh, wait, no. Denzel Perryman, I don't think ended up going. It was just a rumor. Um, but yeah, they, I think this team is legit. Um, I think, I think they're very legit. I got them winning the division. And like you said, kind of a dark horse to win the Super Bowl or at least go to the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. if Baker Mayfield can, cause he kind of had like a, wicked good rookie year sophomore slump and then was back last year so like we'll see which baker we get we'll see which odell we get but i'm picking the browns especially i have them at plus 140 to win the division um i think that's a i think that's a great pick all right afc south this one this one is such feels like it shouldn't be a toss-up but it's going to be i i still think it's the titans i agree they're the favorites to win the division right now. It's plus money, so you can still, you know, make a profit. Uh, I've got this. them. 
I've got the minus 120. Oh, really? I got them plus 100 right now, and the Colts plus 110. I don't think Carson Wentz makes this Colts team any better. Plus, he's hurt. Um, he's out for three months. Oh, three least. months? Yeah, it's a 6 also, to 12 who's week their back recovery. Yes. Is it Brissett still, or is he gone? No, no, no. It's some other dude. It's a white guy now. Let me look Because I saw it's, someone it's, clowning it. This makes a difference. Colts quarterback. It's not Sam Ellinger from Texas, is it? I don't think so. He's on. on the team. Oh, it's it sounds as if they're trying to trade for someone. It is Sam Ellinger and Brett Hundley. But they oh, drafted no. Ellinger this year. Give us a t- here it is. Bleacher Report Gridiron posted, give us a take that sounds wild now, but will make you look like a genius before the season's over. And 90% of them suck, but it's important because Colts make the playoffs behind Jacob Eason. Oh, I don't even think he's their, like, number one bag. The kid from Georgia? I guess. I don't know. That's just what the thing says. Imagine they're a fan of some kind. Yeah, that's that's a hot take. It's it, it sounds as if they're trying to trade for either Marcus Mariota or Drew Locke is what I'm seeing right now. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I think it's definitely the Titans then. Um, yeah, absolutely. I feel like the main reason why the Colts were so good last year is because of Phillip Rivers. Yes. Right? Like, I think he made all the difference. He was a veteran quarterback who'd been to the playoffs a number of times. He had, like, a billion kids. That helps. <laughs> I think that's why they were good, and I don't think they're going to be that good this year. Um, I hate that I'm about to say this because I don't subscribe to this at all, but the Jaguars aren't the worst pick in the world. They were good, like, a couple years ago. Yeah, <laughs> Granted, but they that also, whole team like, has kind of crumbled. They don't have Ramsey. They don't have Fournette. But... Yeah. They still have some good receivers on that team. They have Tebow, so God is on their side. I think, uh, and then right, Trevor Lawrence. I don't. I think it'd be unbelievable if they got a winning record this year. I don't think that they've got it, especially in that. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think they I think could they come in second in the division. I was going to say they could come in second. That's what I was just yeah. about to say. Just because it depends on how the Colts do before Wentz comes back and how they do when Wentz comes back. Um, But they very easily could come in second, but I don't think that second place is going to be good enough because I think that they're going to end up being the Jaguars. So they're going to split a game with the Colts and then they'll split or no, they'll beat Houston both. But then they're going to lose both to the Titans. Yeah. Unless, I mean, you never know. The Titans are kind of shaky. Like, I think that's the weakest division of football right now. I mean, it all depends on how Julio works out, right? Because you're taking a team oh, that's, that's true, right? Like Dark Horse, like, could, yeah. you know, rip up some teams and then all of a sudden just didn't. Um, but I think that wide receiver help is going to be huge. It all, I mean, obviously. Yeah run the ball more than like any other team, which why wouldn't you when you've got Derrick Henry, but like, right. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that they'll easily win that division. I don't think it's a question. Jaguars 
are going to fight for second place with the Colts, but I don't know. It's going to take a monster rookie year from Trevor Lawrence for them to be able to pull yeah. that off. I just and don't, I don't think they're going to get that. I don't think he wins rookie of the year. Just. If they finish above 500, I think he gets it. I don't think that they can finish above 500 without him putting in a rookie of the year performance. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. That's true. Um, but we'll see. I think, yeah, I think the Texans are the worst team in that division. Especially, like, what's the deal with Deshaun Watson? Like, is Nobody he playing? Is he not? Has, is he playing for a different team? Support? <laughs> like, like, I don't think any, like, there hasn't been, the last I heard about it, two people dropped out because they were faking. Yeah, but then there's and also, then, like, ten more, right? <laughs> Yeah, it was two people dropped out, but there's still like 16 other people. I want to say it was 17, or it was like 17 or 18 in total. Yeah. So, I don't know. Because this could all change, and the division that I'm going to talk about in two two divisions from now, it could change drastically based on Deshaun Watson's um, arrival. But I don't think Deshaun Watson's good. I, I shit on him all year last year for not caring. Um and I think if he goes back to the Texans, it's just worse for them. So Texans to, to come in fourth in that division. All right, AFC West, Chiefs, right? I mean, yeah, there's no discussion there. I think if there's, an, if, there's an, if there's a team you can make a case for, it's probably the Raiders, other than the Chiefs. I, can, I could make a case for the Raiders. I can't make a case for the Chargers. They, they just, the Chargers know how to lose games, and they do it well, and the Broncos are trash. Um, I mean, shoot, Raiders might be a dark horse pick. That's a plus twenty five hundred. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like if you if you want a long shot to try and make some money, the Raiders did beat the Chiefs last year. The right. only issue would be you would need you would need something to go wrong in the Chiefs organization, like a Kelsey go down or a Mahomes go down, because that right. team is just too good to not win the division. I don't think the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl this year, um, but. I, I have yeah, a I hard either. time believing that they lose the division. The only team I can make a case for is the Raiders, and I can't make a strong case for them. Yeah, the Chiefs so, are worse. So I don't think that they are going to win the Super the Bowl. The Chiefs shouldn't have been in the Super Bowl this year, and it showed. They got smoked. Yeah. So, I don't know. All right, let's move to the NFC. NFC Beast, our favorite division ever. Are they going to suck again this year? Will we have a team Absolutely. above 500? You think they are? I think we will have a team above 500. Washington okay. could. But I thought Who do that. you think is going to win the division? I've got Dallas. I mean, defense is still a question mark, of course. They got better, though. I liked how they drafted. I thought they did a really good job in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all depends on Dak. I mean, there's... A discussion about his shoulder now being an issue as opposed to his ankle, so that's like, something to really yeah. pay attention to. Um, but um, yeah, I mean that sprained ankle could be an issue. Man. You never know. Um, <laughs> it's still a crazy <laughs> clip, man. That was man. You hope it's just a sprain, <laughs> like literally dangling <laughs> off. I remember when we did a podcast after that, and I was just like, we were laughing hysterically. Because obviously he couldn't see, but right. it's so funny. The clip of Jack Prescott's 
foot turned 90 degrees and him just like <laughs> pointing at his leg, which is like shooting out this way. <laughs> Tony Romo was like, ah, oh, he'll be all right. <laughs> Rub some dirt on it. <laughs> that's a class. That's an all time clip. Uh, but yeah, that's, but yeah no, like, they're a question mark. That team. I think every oh, yeah, team absolutely. is a question mark. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Anyone who thinks that anyone other than Washington or Dallas is going to win this division is high, in my opinion. Uh, I wouldn't say that. The Giants don't got it like that, man. Philadelphia. Who's their... Uh, I love Jalen Hurts. Maybe Deshaun Watson. If they trade for Deshaun Watson, that is a completely different story. But as right. the team stand right now, the only teams Jay- that okay, have a look shot. at the way that Jalen Hurts played once they finally put him in last year. You get a whole season of that. Plus, they have Devonta Smith, who the, we know praying mantis, but he was the Heisman Trophy winner. He's yeah, versatile. That's it. Exactly. But I mean, okay, but who else do like the Cowboys have? CD Lamb, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott. The the Washington Football Team has no one. All oh, right, Amari Cooper. They easily like here's that's the thing. Washington is going to be like the Giants this year in baseball, right? Where like up to the trade deadline, they literally didn't have a star player, and then they got Chris Bryant, right? Like that to me is they are the Washington Football Team is the NFL equivalent of the San Francisco Giants, where they don't really have anybody that you look at and you say, "Holy crap, that guy's amazing!" Other than like Montez Sweat, but um. And obviously Chase Young because he's yeah. Um, but like offensively speaking, they don't really have anyone that you sit there and you say, "Holy crap, that kid's amazing." Um, right. I mean, they have a couple of really solid wide receivers, but like no one that you look at and say, "Man, that's a superstar." Nothing to write home about. Yeah, they're just good for that right. team. But exactly. So they're going to be a team where I mean, look, Washington could easily make a playoffs this year, but they're not going to be a team that does it like in a flashy way and because of their talent. It would be because they had a good group of guys that clicked at the right time and made a run. Um, whereas yeah. Dallas, to me, has talent all over the place on the offensive side of the ball because you have two great receivers, tight end maybe a little bit of a question mark. You have a great running back. You have a great quarterback, assuming that he's healthy, and your offensive line's pretty solid as well. Right, so I don't think that the offense is going to be a question mark. It's going to be a team that's going to easily put up thirty points, but you're going to have a defense that could also easily give up forty points a game. Right, so the to me the thing with them is the defense. But I would much rather, you know, like if I'm looking at two teams and I see one team that has a stellar offense and then a defense that every once in a while is just going to give up a ton of points, I'm going to take that team over a team that doesn't really impress me. Anymore. So I think that like yeah. Cowboys could easily have 2,000-yard receivers this year. Like, it could very easily happen, and honestly, I think there's a really good shot that it happens. Yeah, I'm just – this division's so tough because of how weak it is. And I don't think it's the weakest in football, believe it or not, because, like you said, the Cowboys have – on paper – we said this all last year. On paper, this Cowboys yeah. team should be unbelievable. For some reason, they, they are. They would have been good last year if Dak didn't go down. They They were, like – Weren't they two and two when he went down or something? Or like, yeah, but I feel like that. I feel like on paper they were even better with like when he was still healthy. I don't like because they they had given up a huge lead at one point, 
right, or something, or they had come back from a huge lead too. The, wasn't it that the Falcon, the Falcons game, right? They came back against the Falcons, I think, right? Yeah, it was like twenty-four nothing, I think, and they yeah, came back. Huge deficit. Yeah. And then, and um, shout out Jeopardy, by the way, the other night having me answer to one of the questions be uh, this. It, it was the category was um, it was like per it, it was what was the name of the category? Whatever it was, it was basically just the answers were sports teams that had birds as mascots. Yeah. And one of the questions was, and during this 2017 World Series, this team gave up a 25-point lead in the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's too good. I was, I was like, yeah, yeah, keep on rubbing it in. I love it. <laughs> they'll never, well, they'll never be able to live that down. Never. And we've never seen anything like that ever. But, like, if you really, like, even if you're not a Patriots fan, like, holy crap, that is the worst collapse in sports history, I think. Dude, as a Patriots fan, I thought we had no shot. I was sitting there miserable. Oh, yeah, I thought the game was over. Well, I was like, dude, there's no chance. We are done. And then Edelman made that catch, and I was like, all right, we're going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Because there's always that As soon as the comeback started, and you can go back and watch, like, I watch the videos all the time. As soon as it started, you just knew it wasn't going to stop. You're like, this team isn't going to you know, score three touchdowns and then lose this game by a touchdown. They're going to win this game. They're, they're not going to lose in overtime after this. It just, you knew it was going to happen. Wow. Yeah, the second the they won the toss, <laughs> when they won the toss for overtime, I was like, that's it, game over. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but yeah, are you picking Cowboys? Absolutely. 100%. I'm going to pick the Eagles because I think it's too good to be true for the Cowboys. Like, it seems too easy to me. I think this division's going to be enough. competitive it's again and, and I, I think I like the I like the Eagles better than any other team. Like I, I think the Cowboys are going to win the division, but I also have that feeling that they like they aren't going to be as good as everyone's like making them out to be. Like I don't know why I always have this feeling. Like I, like, I have the feeling with the San Francisco Giants right now. I'm like no, they're not they're not going anywhere. I don't see them as a serious contender, even though they're like one of the better teams. So that's how I feel about the Cowboys. Is like everyone's riding them right now, and they're the favorites. But for some reason, I don't see it. So I'm going Eagles because I think the Washington football team was a fluke. I think the Giants suck. They had like a brawl at their practice the other day, like Daniel Jones like throwing haymakers at someone, and then you that leaves you with the Eagles, who are the least questionable team in my opinion in this division. We know what we're getting with the Eagles at least. We don't know how good it's going to be, but we know what we're getting. Right. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. NFC North. Hmm. Uh, Packers. Chicago sucks. Detroit has a hell of a head coach. I think so. Yeah. If if you if you're basing your pick off of electric speeches, it's the Lions. Absolutely. (laughs) Plus twenty eight hundred best value. We're gonna, I love that guy. We're going to knock some guy down, then we're going to pick him up. Fight his knee up. Cap off, and then we're going to keep going. <laughs> I don't think the Lions are going to be that good, but, man, that guy was that guy was electric. Um, yeah, love that guy. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, it's the Packers. I, think I, can, no... I, can, I can make a case for the Vikings and the Bears. Okay, Bears, Justin Fields. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not Andy touching Dalton. this division from a betting standpoint. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I'm going to pick the Packers to win. But I'm not touching it from a betting standpoint. I don't like it. So, um, agree. Um, 
Well, the only way I would like it is if I were to pick the Bears, but I don't. That might be a donation to the book if I do that. Right, exactly. And then the Vikings, Kirk Cousins sucks. So that's my opinion on the Vikings. I don't know if there's yes. much to say there. We don't like Kirk Cousins on this podcast. Agreed. But I do think the Vikings have some other pieces to that team that make them really good offensively. Adam Thielen, Justin Dalvin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. Exactly. So I think they're a sleeper. The Bears made the playoffs last year with yeah, what the- Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> I don't like it. And I'll just say, had that guy not dropped that Hail Mary in that game, they might have beaten the Saints. Because that was a boring game. Wasn't it like 21-7? It was like wicked low scoring. And It it, it was nerve-wracking to watch, that's for sure. That wasn't a game on Nickelodeon, or was it? It was. It was the Nickelodeon. That was the slime game. Yeah, that fucking sucked, too. Yeah, because Mitch Trubisky won the MVP. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and they lost the game. <laughs> um, so I, it depends on who's starting for Chicago. Yeah, Fields is starting, which I think Foles gets traded to the Colts. Probably. No, they have Andy Dalton, and they're starting him week one. <laughs> that's That's their week one starter. They've already announced it. Even though they have yeah. Justin Fields. So I keep on seeing clips of people like, man, look at this awesome pass by Andy Dolan. Just perfect pinpoint position. And it's pinpoint position, dot the dot, right to the defense and just throws an interception. And it's great. Andy Dalton is not good. And he I was for like why, a year. I don't know why the Bears have already decided that he's the starter week one. I understand why they're picking someone other than Justin Fields because they're trying to patch Mahomes Lamar Jackson method where you sit them for a year and then they ball out. Yeah, but Justin, this team is looking to make a move now. You don't go from making the playoffs to grooming a quarterback for the future. You just made the playoffs and could have won your first round playoff matchup. You're looking to win now. Put Justin Fields in. He looks good in camp. He can win in situations. I'm not big on Justin Fields. I never have been. Um, but like, Hey, the guy has been in the spotlight before. Andy Dalton's career is on the decline. You want to win? Put him in the game. Put him, give him, give him the ball. Yeah, um, fair enough. They don't. Grant, okay, we're going to see Justin Fields at some point this season. That I am a, a million percent certain he will be the starter at some point. My issue is how many games are you going to drop with Andy Dalton until you realize that Justin Fields is your guy, and then you're digging yourself out of a hole. Whereas I think if you start Justin Fields, I think they are probably two and two through four weeks. Whereas I'm nervous that they might go zero and four with Andy Dalton, and then that's a huge hole to dig yourself out of. Fair enough. Especially in a 17 game season, you would have to win out at that point. You're not going to make the uh, five loss teams can probably sneak into the wild card, but right, you're not giving yourself a ton of room. That's what sucks about the 17 game schedule too. Is like losses are going to hurt even more this yeah. year. Because you you got to win more games. You can't afford any more losses. So, um, my issue with the Packers is like, what are we going to get with this team? Aaron Rodgers clearly hates the Packers. In his press conference after Packers training camp, he was like, "I hate this team." Um, right. So right. much drama going on. 
He's like better served winning. Because if he sucks this year, he's not going to get paid. I don't know about that. If Tom didn't Brady... We this, didn't we have this discussion last year and we were accusing Aaron Rodgers of throwing games? Did we? I think towards the I end know. of the year, I was like, it doesn't seem like he wants to win. Or, or maybe someone brought the theory to the table of, like, he might be purposefully... Like, Aaron Rodgers would be the guy to purposefully sabotage the team so that they, like, fire the coach and that he can, like, get whoever he wants to be the coach in. Maybe. We definitely had that yeah, conversation because I, I think he... Like, if there's any quarterback in the NFL who would do that, it's him. The yeah, guy that might completely fair, cut off but... his entire family. He is a horrible human being. I I wouldn't put it past him to throw football games. Yeah, I mean, I guess action. <laughs> I was gonna, I was about to make a comment about that. Um, I guess I wouldn't put it past him, but at the same time, I don't know. I feel like if you did all that work to get it so that you can be a free agent this year, you're not just gonna go and lose games. Now you're gonna do whatever you can to put up your stats, be as good as you possibly can be, and then try to get out on a high. Mm-hmm. Like I. I think you want to, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you know, all right, it's it's money time. I need to get paid. I got a ball. And so that's what he's going to do. Fair enough. And I do think, you know what, I don't like Aaron Rodgers, but I was a little hyped up when he and Devontae Adams posted the, uh, the last dance the thing. last dance thing. That kind of yeah. got me going to stir the pot. I love when athletes like do the cryptic bullshit on social media. Uh, when it's like previewing a season. So I do think if those two are out for revenge this year, they're untouchable in that division. Um, so I'll take the Packers as well. Even though I don't want to, I'm going to. All right. NFC South, New Orleans Saints. Hammer the New Orleans Saints. Jameis at the helm. This team is going to be unreal. They finally have a quarterback who can throw the ball more than seven yards. The Bucks <laughs> are not that good. Hammer the Saints at plus 300. I agree that the Saints are going to be good. However, I will never bet against Tom Brady. So I am not betting on this division. I Who, who won the division last year? Oh, it, was the it was the Saints. Yeah, actually. Yeah, the Bucks were a wild card team. Oh, right, yeah, because they played Washington. Yeah. Interesting. The Bucks, the Bucks shouldn't have made the playoffs. They were 11 and 5. And I mean, 11 and 5 is plenty good to make the playoffs. Yeah. I feel like 12 and 4 should be the. Co- I, okay, for a wild card no, team, 12 and 5 is good. Yes, yeah, I was going to say 12 and 5 is. Or, or, I believe sorry, the um, Saints lost two games. Or three? Were they 13 and 3 last year? Let me look. I don't know. The, the, um, Saints season is tainted by the playoff run because everyone remembers the Bucks winning the Super Bowl and right. running the game, but people did 12 and 4. They were 12 and 4. People right. don't remember that the Saints won the division. And that was with Drew Brees missing a bunch of time because he just like had no ribs left because they were all broken. Yeah, exactly. I'm looking up division winner history in the in the NFC South. 
Yeah, I don't know, man. I won't like the Saints like, have I, won the division four years in a row. I agree that the Saints are a good pick to win the division. I'm just not going to bet against Tom Brady because I won't. Okay, so you're saying the Bucks are going to win the division? You have to give a pick. Yes, I guess so. I guess I am saying that the Bucks are going to win the division. But I'm not right. betting on them, too. I, like, I won't. I'm not that confident in it. I'm just not going to bet the against The Saints them. are good money. The Saints are great money, plus 300. to A team that's won the division the last four straight years to win it. Yeah, for with a, a different hit. quarterback, though. Yeah, but Jameis Winston is better. And he had his LASIK surgery, so who knows? Have you seen him working out in training? He wants it bad. Uh, I, I'm sure he does. And they I'm, have Taysom Hill still. Right? I'm just not go- Well, Taysom Hill is not a quarterback. Oh, Fuck out of here. Is Taysom Hill still even on the team? Yes. Yeah, he is. Okay. <laughs> I was Because I, I know there were talks of him like going elsewhere at one point. Yeah, there were. But he, he didn't because he signed. No. I don't, I'm just not. I'm not touching it. I am ignoring this division. I'm going to pretend as if it doesn't exist until the playoffs start. Okay. All right. Last division. The NFC um, West. I've got my. I hate this. I hate this division because it's the best division in football. I uh, I don't know if that's why. I just don't like it because it's probably the most open division in football. Right. Because the Cardinals at plus six fifty are a lock. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> they're. <laughs> How do you not <laughs> take that? <laughs> Because Trey Lance has been balling out, but they also so, said the Garoppolo okay. is going to start. I'm going to put this out there. Trey Lance, rookie of the year. Calling it now. He's going to get the nod, and he's going to be rookie of the year. Offensive rookie of the year. I will break down each of these teams right now. 49ers, I think they're going to be a 9 or 10 win team. Wild card. They'll be good. They had an off year last year, ridden with injuries. They will be back this year. The Rams, I think, are a lot worse with Stafford, right? He's their quarterback now because Goff is gone. They're better with Stafford than they are with Goff. I don't think so. I think that Goff doesn't get enough credit for what he did for that Rams team. Do I think that Matthew Stafford is a better quarterback than Jerry Goff? Yes. But do I think the Rams are better off with Matthew Stafford? Oh, so you just think he's a better fit. It's like... um. It's like uh, if you took the Patriots team with Tom Brady and you put, you know, Cam Newton in with it. Well, or not Cam Newton, but like, uh, what's better analogy there? I don't know. Freaking Dak Prescott or something. Like, Dak Prescott was probably the better quarterback in 20, whatever the last year that Brady was there. But you can't put Dak Prescott on the Patriots because it just doesn't work. Right, yeah. I think that Matthew Stafford is far and away a better quarterback. He's like in the all-time for passing yards, and he was just on a shitty team forever. And this Rams team is definitely a better team than the Lions, and they will be good. But I don't think it served them well to get rid of Jared Goff. Um, I I think that he he took a lot of the blame for what went wrong in that organization. I don't think it was necessarily on him. He's not a great quarterback. He's not the strongest. He doesn't evade the pocket well. He's not mobile. He's not a lot of things, but I think he was the right quarterback for the Rams, and I think he was a reason that they were so successful. They're the favorites to win the division for some reason. Um, I my book has 49ers. Okay, mine is Rams, but, then but 49ers, it's, it's, then Seahawks, then Cardinals. It, 
it's plus one eighty and plus one ninety, so it's not like it's a huge amount. That's what my mine is a is a five point difference, two hundred and two oh five. Um so that's what I think the Rams are gonna be. I think they're gonna come in third in the division. Seahawks are another question mark because they should theoretically be the best team in this division. And they have been for like a lot of years. There were talks about Russell Wilson leaving. He didn't end up leaving. They, they were like, oh, we're just kidding around. Like, whatever. I, that was a really weird scenario. Where, like, it was, yeah. When Russell Wilson was like, I don't want to be traded, but if you want to trade me, here are the teams I'd like to be traded to. Right. <laughs> His fake trade request. And then he went. He showed up at training camp, and they're like, so what happened with that? He's like, oh, I was just joking. I love Seattle. Coffee and rain, baby. Like, like it was the weirdest thing ever. So I don't know what we're going to get this yeah. year. If the Cardinals can have Seattle's number like they did last year, then, hmm, interesting. I'm picking the Cardinals. I really like the Cardinals. If It's, it's either going to be the Cardinals or the 49ers, I think. I don't think it's going to be Seahawks or Rams. I think the, I think the Seahawks and Rams are in danger of, of bottom of the division, believe it or not. Um, I, I really, I liked the Cardinals last year and people called me crazy when I liked the Cardinals last year. Um, well, there was a lot to like about the Cardinals last year. I don't know why people thought you were crazy. They were winning games. They just didn't win enough. Right. Yeah. So like they were I'm big on them again this year. I, I don't think they're going away. I, if, if D-Hop plays, you've got, like you said, I mean, we talked about them at the top of the episode. I like everything about this team. I like Kyler Murray. Um, I like Kyler Murray because he is a more dynamic Lamar Jackson. He's a running back, and he's a really good, you know, ball runner. But he can throw, and he can throw well, and he can yeah. put the ball into areas, and they you know can win games. Yeah, you know what? I think the Cardinals got this. Yeah, I like. We're you. big on the Cardinals this year. I love the Cardinals. I, I think on the Cardinals. Too. I was huge on the Cardinals last year, like early on too. I I don't know. I had like this fever dream that the Cardinals were going to go undefeated. I thought they were so good, and they could have been four and zero to start the year, but they have dropped two games that they shouldn't have, and they were two and two through through four weeks. But they should have been four and zero. Um, yeah, we're both taking Cardinals. So yeah, those are That's our it. division yeah. picks. Uh. I am now realizing that it's 12.15 and that I'm scheduled to do the SEC championship in 15 minutes. And awesome. and that this episode is probably two and a half hours long, given the interview. And Yeah, it's a long-ass <laughs> episode. But it's all good. Um, I, I think we're good to leave it there. And then as more things progress in the sports world, in the next coming days, we'll do another episode. We need to, once, once I do the SEC championship and what happens there, I want to do a podcast breaking down everything. At some point. Yeah, and we need uh, a Bruins pod at some point as well. Yeah, that also. And MLB, NBA, everything. Because sports are now in full swing, officially. Yep. So it's the best time of year, literally. We're we're going into college football. We're going into NFL. We're going into NBA. We're going into the MLB postseason. We're going into the NHL. Everything is back. So, yeah. All right. So... Long episode, maybe our longest in history. We'll have to compare it with all the others and see how long it was. We've done some long ones, but that yeah, was... I mean, it's gonna be easily an over two hour episode. Yeah, I think it's gonna be two. Try to do the math because we were on the call for a few minutes, and I think I think this part of the episode 
post interview was probably an hour and 20. Um, interview was probably 40. So that pretty much already puts us over two hours because we did the intro as well. So yeah, I guess we'll see when it comes out. But yeah, thank you all so much for listening and uh, we'll see you next time. We'll catch you on the flippity flip side. You know what I'm saying? All right. All right. <laughs>